I, I mean, that, that's that's a perfect uh, Steveism straight into Clark and Door with the, the front fell off. You're talking about the EPS with the front come off. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I haven't. No. It's a, a, a fantastic little sketch with two blokes. I want to say that they're Aussie, but talking about this, uh, it's, it's done as like a new, like a news interview type thing. Um, oh, the front of the ship. Yeah, with it, where they they yeah. crashed the, the the big oil tanker and the, and the front fell off. Oh yeah, yeah. You you told me this before. I didn't get yeah, it from the initial reference, but it's very good. We'll put the link in the chat because someone got it in the chat, but somewhere for something and. It'll be somewhere and and stuff. in text. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about just in a, in falling straight into it. Duck in the Who's face. Got the duck. No, no, no. Who's got the duck in the live stream? Can we see uh, that? No, there's no duck. Oh, is there is the a stream? duck in in one goose. corner. No, no. Duck's no, gone. No. This is duck's duck's gone. gone. Is this what, is this Paid for Streamyard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how Patreon disappointing. Stuff. Are we getting into a Patreon-sponsored ad within the first minute and a half? I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> this is not what I would I have signed up for. Yeah, no, I'm pretty certain at this point by now people have just figured that there's there is absolutely no structure for this. <laughs> if you weren't sure, Look, the structure already. is nine thirty on a Sunday. Well, yeah, true. That, Fair that's, enough. that's the structure. There's some no other structure. And some waffle. Yeah, there's no other structure. The time it ends varies. Massively. Well, we got a bank holiday tomorrow, so it's all good by me. Ah. Fantastic. Yeah. We didn't even do our pre pre show check to see if there was anything uh -huh. or any Like it's not like I could like I couldn't sleep, but uh, <laughs> true. I don't have to get up <laughs> at seven AM, so that's that's good. Is it a bank holiday for a particular purpose? German unity, East and West United. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So lo loads of celebrations, I guess. What do you do? What's a what's a standard German unity day in Berlin? Nothing. Other than just not going into work. <laughs> no, no. Usually there's like a, a big celebration at the Brandenburg Gate with music and stuff but i don't know if there's anything on tomorrow i will help a friend uh, with some work and then just have a slow monday i guess that's fair does it yeah. do they do the same kind of thing that we have for bank holidays over here or just everything sort of shuts down and no one does anything useful yeah i mean the, the stores are closed and so can't really do anything but everyone's got a free day off which is nice. Long holiday yeah. uh, weekend, I mean. Mm. <laughs> I think it's, it's, what, it's about thirty odd, thirty odd years ago. What? When did it? When did it unite? It's about thirty years ago, wasn't it? Uh, it was eighty-nine. Late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. Depends on. Yeah, like there are several dates on which you can. Uh, this is like the official Unity Day, but there's like several other dates that count as like I yes, don't know. The, yes, the, wa the walking, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Red Sea in '89. Yeah. So I was one year old. 
So it wasn't you that pushed it down then. Uh, that makes Andy the oldest. <laughs> <laughs> what? Just. Only just. Just just just. Yeah. I mean there are there are probably I'd say probably maybe there is a person who listens to this who's never seen the video feed. They have no idea how old Jamie or Andy are, or what they look like. That's true. Entirely and enough people have told yeah. me I look older anyway, so yeah. But if you think like what does what have you said about yourselves on on recording? You said Jamie, you've said you've got a beard. And you said you've true. got a beard. Like you know, have you given away any any you know identifying information now? I, th I think I must have I must have said my age at some point. Yeah, I've, I think mentioned well, the 70s and the 80s multiple times. Mm -hmm. de decades of, of history rather than actual age for yourself. No, as in being there. Yeah. But, yeah. Not, Ooh, yeah no, not century. Yeah, not that old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Re Reg just said that he watched it live on TV. I mean, any of you guys, aside from Dr. Malty, could have probably watched it as well, right? Yeah, I, well... So the whole pushing the wall down and looking for freedom and stuff. Mm. I've definitely seen the, the, the video since then. Yeah, really I'm not like, sure if iconic. I have memory or I've seen clips since and that's my memory. I can mm. picture the half. <laughs> that's <laughs> probably about it. <laughs> it's great when, when someone says, name a thing you remember about the unification of Germany and the half, the half stood on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that says it all, doesn't it, really? What, I mean, the Hoff symbolising <laughs> decades well, of... I, I mean, he's still claiming that he was the reason for it, so... That's <laughs> Let him have it. He's got. He's yeah. not got much else, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, of all the museums... They watch the unification, Jim. Yeah. The one little, the smallest museum was the Museum to the Hoff. And it was in the, like, yeah, basement of the hostel I was staying in. Yeah, it was, it was just basically a corridor towards the toilet. They put a couple of. Like, it was amazing. Up it was really good, wasn't it? And then you kept going around, and there was a bar. Was it a museum or, or some sort of altar? Uh, I mean, they called it a museum, and it's not. You know, it wasn't just a slightly weird translation. It was a yeah. The, there were exhibits. There was a poster. There was, I think, like a signed copy of some memorabilia. There was like. Mm -hmm. I don't know, a pamphlet. Was there a, was there a hologram of something that you couldn't see anymore? Or I thought no, no, it was it was uh, there wasn't even like a, a you know you could rub a crayon on a, a bronze plaque of his face. It was very disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't do a transfer. Surely it would have just been like on his abs or something. You'd you'd think so. Yeah, if you're going to do a, if you're going to do a, <laughs> is it called a bronze rubbing before I I something <laughs> like that. Yeah, get into deep water. Yeah. I, Anyway, they didn't have one, and I was disappointed. And I couldn't squash a, a, a one euro coin either into a Hoff-related Hoff piece of tat. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it probably wasn't a real museum, was it? Well, was there um, a gift yeah. shop? I was just going to say, it needs a gift <laughs> shop before it's a museum, doesn't it? Uh, there was, like, you, ex you could exit through the bar... I don't know if that that's happens. close enough. That is close enough to a gift shop, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I've had, I've had alcohol in a museum before. Went to one of the uh, science museum late. They're really good. They serve wine and there was a mm. silent disco. 
Oh, nice. This is a bit odd, but yeah. You got to have I've never been to a silent disco. I can imagine it being quite strange. <laughs> <laughs> a mate of mine went to one, uh, but he, he didn't want to pay the money for the, the headphones. So it was, you know, it's like... It, it's just a silent <laughs> then, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's like a few quid to rent the headphones. And he just went, ah, oh, no, sod that, and then stormed in, and then got very, very, very confused for the time he was in there. Just nothing a, to do, no real enjoyment. We had a mobile silent disco at our last work, work party. One of the nurses brought like just a crate of headphones and like these uh, transmitters, and everyone, yeah, we had three phones plugged in. I mean, you know, it wasn't in like you know the the village hall. It was just in a normal pub, not in a room above a pub. Not in like an outside area above a pub, just in a pub. And so there was this there's this area where we were yeah, there were probably forty of us and all set we'd set up our own silent disco. And everyone else was around was like, Oh, I didn't I didn't know they were doing an event. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see the signs. It's like, no, no, it's just us, we brought it along. We got one person. <laughs> <our> own. Yeah. <laughs> no, someone someone came over and said, Oh, can I can I join in? What's the cost? <laughs> said, Oh, it's free, it's our work party then. Great, free. I don't think they quite caught the second half of it's our work party. Did you drag them into the operating theatre the following day? Uh, yeah, once we'd cleared everyone out who you know accidentally went back there instead of home. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the the video clip of the three guys having a silent disco in the like back garden? Because <laughs> that is yes. absolutely amazing. That's amazing. It's, Someone from like another house filming out the bedroom window, just three blokes doing completely different dances. <laughs> it was just glorious. Obviously, oblivious to anyone else watching them. Sort of dancing around a barbecue, weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe to following Neil's suggestion. Yeah, Neil's just suggesting when best fun when running a silent disco is to give one person different music to everyone else and watch the confusion. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be some people who are just doing very obscure dances anyway, even if you're all listening to the same music, even when it's not a silent disco and everyone gets the same. It's always that that one very unique dancer on the floor. Well, how long before it's kind of yeah, a VR disco? So everyone's got a headset on as well, so they can't actually see <laughs> else. Just dances at home or what? Like, where's the fun in that? Well, they could be dancing at home, but I was just thinking actually a group of people. <laughs> and whether so, they kind of would respond, the, the VR system would respond quick enough to kind of go, you're just about to bump into somebody. Oh, too late. <laughs> it's probably already a thing, and we're just not aware of say, it. <laughs> it's going to be some sort of meta disco or something. Yeah, hmm. I, I, I thought when I heard like people come, oh, yeah, like a big party this weekend, we were all on Zoom. I was like, oh, I haven't heard of this, this stuff. What does Zoom do, and how do you take it? Going out to a disco is different in my era. Uh, perhaps something needs to therefore invent a or develop a something that can be taken that's called Zoom. And I would imagine. Go, yeah, we have a party on Zoom. It's like well, people dogs have got the... the Zoomies. Yeah. In English, <laughs> that's already been taken. I don't know what they are taking though. It's like God, happiness and tail wags. <laughs> yeah, whatever makes dogs happy. I wish people could have it too. Yeah, I think that is just called dogs. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, there's catnip. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Yeah, that's weird. What's the human? That's weed. Do you call that weed? <laughs> <laughs> My mate discovered he's he's got a, a couple of cats and um, he was having some trouble sleeping. So I, I had some valerian tea. So I sort of handed him a, 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 one of the tea bags and said, oh, "Have a try of that." And then he sent me a text the following morning saying that he didn't quite get to it because he he basically came in, put the tea bag down on his desk, but the cat turned up. Dove at the tea bag and tore it to shreds and just rolled around in it as if it was catnip. <laughs> it's, it's very closely related. What was it called? Valerian. Valerian. Yeah, Valerian root. Like Game of Thrones. Like Valerian, Valerian. steel. Yeah. <laughs> Throw it on dragons and they just get a bit sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> Dragon nip. Yeah. Neil's on form this evening. It apparently is oh, nice. Maybe another name for PCP. Maybe. Right. <laughs> I, I don't think you never keep up with um, proper slang. No. Well, there, my understanding of it from the training that I've had as had as a teacher was that yeah, it's very regional anyway. You had slang mm. training for narcotic substances, yes. Oh, I'd love to sit in on that. Ah, deadly boring, to be honest. You get some sort of you know, police officer turn up and kind of, kind of, with a box with kind of, yeah, you know, opens up, but everything's behind perspex, and then kind of goes through, kind of, yeah, you know, what's what's fashionable lately and what it's being called, so you can keep your ears open and sort of see whether people are talking about particular people, the children are talking about particular things. Yeah, it sounds like an exercise in realizing just how uncool you are. Not <laughs> Yeah. Like... Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But a few a, a few trainings like that over the years, some some to do with drugs, just some to do with kind of yeah, things that youth like to get up to in their spare time. Um and it's like yeah, it's like, what? Really? It's just like, I mean, that, that's such a beautiful planet. way of phrasing that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Here's how old we're going to make you feel by seeing what the uh, generation two below you are doing now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just like, yeah. <laughs> completely over completely over my head. Yeah. It's like... But it, it, I mean, yeah, it's, it's scary sometimes when you kind of find out what young people sometimes are up to. In evenings, yeah, you kind of hear about twelve-year-olds getting home at one o'clock in the morning on a school night. Mm. Yeah, That's not new, no, is it? I don't think no, it is. I think no. you just as you get older, you get more critical of it, more more aware of it, and more forgetful no, I think, of, what, of what you were like as a twelve-year-old. I think, yeah, the, I think it's the scale you. of it. It's the scale of it sometimes, though. Yeah, there are mm. there are more libraries open late, aren't there? Yeah, so I guess they're, they're chucking him out at one o'clock, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> so just... I, wish li I actually wish libraries were open late. Yeah, it's like, what? why close a library at five o'clock? Oh, yeah, best seven o'clock. I think I've seen a library close at seven o'clock. And that was like one day a week. It's like, yeah, okay. Because it, you again. can get books online. 
<laughs> yeah, it's not the same though. I like a real book. As you can't tell. It's like I think what we need to do is find some kind of method of having a, a, a flip overable page on some kind of tablet so Andy can keep the the book experience of being able to turn the page over. Yeah, but, but you can't some... put but you wouldn't be able to put a pen to keep the page because you're looking something up fifty pages on and then going back. <laughs> yeah. Well not twice but... anyway. What were, you, yeah. what were you saying about age indicators when we started, James? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Andy. I'm sorry. I take it all back. I, I mean, I've got rid of the scrolls. Yeah, I'm just trying to get in with the 20th century. Uh, 21st century, I mean. <laughs> that was definitely a Freudian slip. I remember, just before we started, Andy, you were saying about how this was a whole vibe, weren't you? You, you've got all of the modern vernacular down. <laughs> it's a jive cat. Yeah. <laughs> it's all a ruse. Yeah, I'm not, modern vernacular. No, I'm not good with modern vernacular. Gets me into trouble is, all sorts of times. It is funny hearing my 12 year old coming in with, you know, like, oh, uh, Dad, do you, know what, do you know what this means? I'm like, well, I, I know what the word means. What does it mean now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure everyone's seen the. Oh, mummy, what does what does virgin mean? Cue long awkward discussion. Oh, so what does extra virgin mean? <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. I'm ah, glad we've had yes. this discussion now, child. <laughs> we we have done the talks on context, uh, as you know, quite early on. It's like when when you're discussing anything, get context first, then answer the questions. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's always something you describe something as sick. It's like, well, if you're sick, that's not good. But describing something as sick. It's so sick, man. Yeah, it can, can be good. <laughs> and you just can't keep up. I mean, there, and there are other ones here. It's just like. When I was a teenager, it was mint. I thought it, it was spiffing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can pay the royalties to the boys then. I, when was when was spiffing like a thing? I think oh, when Andy was young, eighteen twenty something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you answering the spiffing bit, or when Andy was young? Yeah. Oh no, I was answering the spiffing bit. <laughs> I, I'm I'm done with digging at you now. But I've done too many. <laughs> I, think, I think spiffing was was a kind of like nineteen fifties or Enid Blyton books. That's you know when oh we've got more lemonade spiffing yeah. and like oh wow lashings lashings I would I yeah, would exactly I would, I would venture to say possibly even going back into maybe like the twenties and thirties yeah, oh, that, yeah that's yeah. the image that it gives me yeah. yeah yeah I think that's the the cut but definitely before. the kind of Enid Blyton yeah kind that, of, that, kind that of was era. definitely I'm not sure when Enid Blyton books were written. Yeah, long enough ago that mm. Dick and Fanny oh, were two of the characters in um, <laughs> yeah. the Faraway Tree. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Enid Blyton well, was born in 1897 and died in 1968. Yeah, so writing 
And they were written 30s. in the yeah, 40s, 30s and 40s. Looks like the majority of the books were. That makes sense then. Yeah. The strange thing, like what what has persisted as because in my mind, saying something's cool is, you know, not like oh wow that's cool, you know, immediately will completely dismiss it. But it seems to have persisted. Yeah, you know, like groovy is a very dating. Like you can tell when that person, you know, yeah, you know, when they grew up. Much like when I'm, we learned French at school, we right, thought that chouette cool was like. I'm going to just take some notes just on what I should or shouldn't be saying anymore. <laughs> well, so, so the reason I bring, like uh, like super chouette and like I, we thought it was just like what French people thought was what you said, and then our teacher said, "Yeah, whoever wrote this book grew up in the '70s. That was kind of like, you know, let's go to the discotheque <laughs> and like, oh yeah, what do you think? Oh yeah, chouette cool." <laughs> As I'm sure Red will now be like laughing at me, going, "You haven't pronounced it right." And no, that's that's not what it means. <laughs> I think you'd, you'd just be glad we're having a go at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we tried. Yeah, I mean, it, like the the kind of the, the the Scouse Millennial type phrase was "boss" growing up, so everything was everything was boss. Like, you know, it's just the kind of the the very very scouse millennial phrase and even like my dad says it now to try and be you know kind of cool and with the kids and like me younger brother's just like oh, dad shut up <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whereas i i went for a walk uh this like weekend i went to stay with some friends and near kidderminster uh on like some really bad graffiti the k-town boys as they had chosen to call themselves oh uh, <laughs> written but they like you know normally you'd write swear words or you'd write like you'd you'd, mm-hmm. you'd draw something but they wrote this triggers you and i thought oh what a <laughs> strange thing to write yeah i mean that's, that's definitely the, that's the sign of the ute yeah well did like, it it, it it made me slightly confused. I don't think it, it did anything other than that. It, it triggered something, it. maybe. Yeah, it's like thought is, is Conf- it, confusion. If they're trying to offend in the like the biggest possible way, maybe that's really quite a clever thing to write. I don't think they were. I, I don't think the K Town boys are. Not that I should be giving them any more publicity. <laughs> well, there, there is a there is a K Town massive in the the, uh, the 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 town that I live in as well because that it is it is also starting with a K, so maybe it's just the level of uh, intellect of the people who start uh, a collective. Yeah. Or or maybe they're it's, it's yeah we're talking about an organisation that's kind of across the country, but only in with K. Yeah, networked. Uh, Gangs suddenly doing we're in semi-intellectual we graffiti. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trying try to think of places to begin with K now. Can't think Kent, of any. King, Kingston? If you, if you do, yeah. just think of more than three, please. <laughs> <laughs> Kilbride. This is this is gonna be a quite a fun game for anyone listening in their car. Because they're gonna be shouting at us, going like, why haven't you picked yeah, yeah. There's a there's, there's a board <laughs> game uh, which I can't remember the precise name of, but it's you have to come up with fives, so you get kind of a clue, and you have to as a as a group. Okay, it's kind of a group team game. 
where you kind of then have to come up with a list of five things. So it could be continents, continents, or hits, hits from the <laughs> hits from 1988, or you know, places <laughs> beginning with K, towns in England beginning with K. Catering. Guests on Maker's Waffle. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a game. Actually, gold rings would be the uh, obvious start. Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, it's nearly that time of year again. I keep seeing stuff in the shops and get enraged that it's the start of October and there's Christmas stuff. There's a whole already. sort of group of people who are absolutely furious at October being the start of Christmas shopping season mm. purely because it's detracting from their favourite holiday, which is Halloween. So no, it should be first of November is you know start of Christmas shopping season because then you can get all the Halloween tap out of the way. But but the first of November is the day that we remember the kind of nineties noughties era of excellent music, All Saints Day. <laughs> <laughs> I assume like I mean I'm that's not niche. My... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to go for you know, church or Protestant English. Well, maybe not even just English, but Protestant church holidays and 90s music. Yeah, <laughs> There's not going to be a lot of crossover there. Is there? <laughs> That's yeah. probably the one. Yeah. There's one person at home with their dog collar on and their guitar out going, yes, this one's for me. <laughs> just making sure that it's the, the, other, the other, other type of dog collar. Yeah, yeah. The 90s music one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's where that's where the name comes from, isn't it? Halloween. It is All Hallows all, Eve. All mm. Hallows Eve, all Halos Eve. You know, it's the All Saints Day is the day off, so it's, it's like mm. Christmas Eve. So really we should be trying to think, what do we do on Christmas Eve? Do we do something that's the complete? Well, it's varies depending around the world. Different oh, places. We get presents on Christmas Eve. Yeah, several countries do that referentially to Christmas Day. Um, then there's also uh, St. Nicholas's Day, which is That's a couple of weeks sixth, before, which I think, sixth, yeah. Sixth of December. Yeah, which I think is particularly, certainly I, I used to work with a guy who was married to a Dutch lady and they, because they they kind of go over there, they, they've raised their kids bilingually, etc. They They do something on the sixth as well as Christmas Day. Well, on the sixth year, traditionally, the kids have to clean their boots and put them in front of the door. And then they get filled with sweets and uh, like oranges and stuff like that. So that's, they have like a little Christmas before the actual Christmas. Mm. These days, they also get like gifts and stuff. But usually, traditionally, it's just like, I don't know, walnuts and oranges and tangerines. Health food. Health food, yeah. <laughs> I like Brazil nuts, though. When else do you eat Brazil nuts other than Christmas? Yeah. yeah. Walnuts. It's more like you buy them and then just look at them. <laughs> and that's always what happens in our house anyway. We buy a load of nuts and then just yeah. don't eat them. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> it's that cyclical thing, isn't it? Of, yeah, or, or you end up, you, you buy them. You've you've enjoyed them at Christmas, so you buy them again when you see them on the you know sort of uh, reduced in early January, 
and then you don't eat those until the following Christmas because you've completely forgotten all about the nuts by the time you've actually brought them home. <laughs> Brazil, it's difficult to get into Brazil nuts. They are. They're quite a hard nut. Yeah. Unless you unless you have a specific nutcracker. You know, it's, e it's either going to be like a pliers and hammer job or yeah. maybe a vice. Actually, a vice would make much more sense, but it does seem a bit overkill, doesn't it? Vice, vice works. Don't ask me how I know. Uh, <laughs> plier type crackers <laughs> yes, generally yes. don't. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> Sledge and an anvil, probably not the best one. Yeah, yeah it kind of works if you want uh, crumbled Brazil nuts. <laughs> if you want Brazil nut bits for kind of going in a flapjacks or something, that, that works. As long as you don't mind picking them up off the workshop floor. Okay, don't ask me how I know that one either. See, it's, walnuts are the only ones that you don't. Well, I suppose walnuts and um, pecan, pistachios, no? as well. You don't really need oh, nutcrackers for those. I do love do pistachios. Do. They are the, the the best nut. Yeah. They're, they're a favourite in this household as well. Mm. I was going to say you are cream. the best nut, but that came might <laughs> <right. Come laughs> You are a good nut, Duncan. I think that depends where in the world you're you're using the word nut as well. Well, if you use it as a singular, I think it might just work out. You're the best. I, I think it, you'd have probably got away with it if you hadn't started to explain it. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go back to vernacular again, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, yeah. Call it something, the nuts, yeah, used to be kind of a, a way of expressing that something was very good. Yeah, that's nuts. Don't know if it still is. <laughs> but then if something is nuts, that's not necessarily good. So if it's the nuts, good. If it's just nuts, not good. This is true. <laughs> I saw the other day. There's something that if you're nutty, you're you're a bit loopy. Mm. Are you thinking of the uh, different types of stool? <laughs> so like, you, so like, so like, dog it's shit. A bit nutty. Oh, I saw this. Yes, saw that guy doing stand up. Yeah, that was the thing I was thinking great. of. Yeah, yeah. I was well, going to call the, it the stool the chart, same. but that's something else. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't Bristol related. No, it was not. <laughs> We're going to have to just find all of these really ridiculous niche references and I can put them all in the... Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Send me the links by 10 o'clock tomorrow morning and I'll post oh, them Oh, that sounds like homework. I feel so stupid because I don't get... No, it's not homework because I won't be marking it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good think how much fun you'll have listening back to this and looking up all the references. Hmm. <laughs> None. <laughs> <laughs> Especially for the people who are daft enough to listen to us in the car, to get to the end of their journey and then trying to scroll back to where they were in the in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, how many hours in was it that they mentioned that nut? <laughs> you know, I always wanted to get a nut tattooed, as in a screw nut Oof, kind of thing. Nut and bolt. Nut and bolt. Yeah. What size? I like that. I like a wing nut, like a M12 wing nut. A good size. It, it's <laughs> I think that's one of the better nuts. That's a, yeah. that's a that's a big 
wing nut. It's big and nut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> it's only you that can say it, Karen. <laughs> I keep my mouth shut for now. <laughs> I like I like coming, coming around workshop. I mean, you've kind of if you kind of like it's like certainly like a school workshop, and they have like a poster of all the different types of machine nuts that you can get. Mm. I find those fucking fascinating kind of thing. Yeah, some of them are quite obvious yeah. where they get used. And you think sometimes, you know, why would you use something like that? Is at least sort of ultra niche nuts. <laughs> <laughs> now that has got to be on a t-shirt. Just ultra niche nuts. Yes. <laughs> I expect stickers uh, at next year's Great. I'm sure somebody will come up with Castle nuts. Castle nuts are, are an interesting yes. nut. Very good nut. <laughs> well, I, I mean, castle nuts are often used in kind of sort of engines, aren't they? So stop something coming undone. <clears throat> In a big old building. Yeah. Well, they've got the little castellations yeah. on the top. So you can you can tighten the nut down and then you can put a pin through. And I'm learning so much. It stops yeah. the nut from turning. <laughs> I think there's Fancy two nuts. From memory, there's two different types. But like there's, there's like, oh, I can't remember what they're called, but there's, it's almost like tessellated and castle nuts. But it's something begins with T. Which is a really interesting point for me to add, seeing as I can't remember what they're called. <laughs> it reminds me of the. Um, have you seen the like? You know, anyone who's done any like slight interest in engineering, digging around to sound like the you know, offset screws for when you drill the hole in the wrong place. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I've seen. I've seen those made, and I, I almost thought, wouldn't it be a really nice thing to have a little shadow box of those? You know, those physically made, engineered nuts. You know, for the twin twin shaft. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the one that's got a—it's a, a blivet with the with the nuts. Oh, with the the very bolt sections is really cool as well because that's it's stuff like Penrose triangles and blivets and things. Just those impossible objects always make everyone a bit queasy. But yeah, I'd love to. I, I think you're right there, James. I think having that kind of physical representation of them in a workshop is that would be a cracking product for a someone like Hannes to make. Yeah. Yeah, he'd be really good at that. What'd be really cool though is if you've got like a sorting box, you know, some people put like the, the type of screw or nut or bolt or whatever on the outside of the sorting drawer so they know which one to just look at it and pull rather than mm. put the label. Mm. Have those kind of completely impossible ones <laughs> on the front instead. So when people come into the workshop, they're kind of going, huh? Yeah, I could, I could do the same on the massive box where I keep all of the fasteners in one big pile. <laughs> so there's a, surely there's you a just need in... like a large magnet for that and just it's just lucky dip so you've got to you know the start of every project just dip the magnet in and then you've got to use those fasteners in the project well there's a there's a name for the box so if you're a if you do letterpress printing there is a the, with the individual letters the type form uh so of course they're hand composited so you take each individual letter put them together uh right over backwards so yeah. obviously you're you print in reverse and then when you're done it, you should put them back but if you don't they all got tipped into what's called a hell box 
<laughs> so, in other words, yeah, the, the, the like you, uh, apprentice would be sent to go and sort through the hell box to go and put stuff back if they were, yeah, you know, there was nothing for them to do. Fantastic. I was just going to say the sort of thing a young child is useful for. I can remember about probably about uh, yeah, it'd probably be about eight years ago, eight or nine years ago. I got my youngest to help me in the in the tinkerage one weekend. I had assorted tubs of sort of different types of screws, and whatever. So I I got her to sort out sort everything by type and length, and got her to remove all the Phillips head screws. So I've got no Phillips head screws in the tinkerage floor. I've got to drive, and I I do have some straight because they have their place, but there's no Phillips. It's actually actually something that Tom Sachs does uh, during his exhibitions. So if you're mm. going through the whole indoctrination station, you have to sort like a box of random screws. <laughs> you have just like a like a big bucket full of this shit, and then you just I don't know grab a handful and have to sort through it. And then when you're done with that, you're finished with the station, and then you go on to the next one, like part of his shop thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so so I don't know what it's... Calling. Yeah. Go on, Jamie. Free labor. I, I don't know what it says about my my kind of, like, uh, mindset with that, but, like, growing up with, you know, just a big box of Lego, part of the fun is just, yeah. you know, wasting 20 minutes, scrabbling through the, the bottom of the box for the little bits for that one that you needed. And I do the same with, like, PC screws. I've got just a, a bag of computer screws. So that if I'm, you know, you, you spend time rifling through to try and find, you know, four matching screws that all fit a power supply when you're building a, a PC or something. That's that's part of just little bits of weird fun, I think. You know, if it's all nice and neat and organised, you, you get through the work quicker. That's... I wonder if there's there's a difference here. If there are people who can, who like to have everything sorted and they know where every single thing is, and it's because they can't remember where what they have. So if you mentally are the sort of person like, oh, I know I've got it somewhere, but you never sort it. I wonder if there's a difference that there are, there are like physical sorters and mental sorters and some people go, oh, well, I know what I've got and I've got this and I've got one thing. Oh, and I bet that could work, but then you can't go and find it. I bet there's a, there are very few people mm. who are like, oh, I know, I know what I've got and I know where it is and I can remember everything I have. Or maybe they just don't own anything. Well, there are there are those that kind of can remember everything they've got because they've got rid of everything. They've got very little. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, there are, there are those kind of sick people. But uh, you know, we, can, we have yeah. the IKEA screws. Really cool five people. Years ago. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I've, I have significant quantities of hardware in the Tinkerage, and I pretty much know <clears throat> what I've got. And I pretty much know where it is. Some of it is sorted. Some of it isn't. Um, would I like it all to be sorted? Yes. Have I got would 10 you? years to do it? No. <laughs> would you really like it? I always wonder about this. You know, when you a workshop is never finished. Would you, if you're, if you're doing production work and you know, it's your job, that's probably mm. a different thing. There's that's you know like lean manufacturing and efficiency. But 
how much would you lose from the character of where you work if everything was kind of sterile, clean, and you knew exactly where everything was? I, 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 I like mm. that. I quite like the organisation, but I'm terrible at implementing it. I'm really, really bad. But I really like it when it is sorted, and I actually I do the, enjoy the process of organising things. So if we, like recently, I'm trying to think of an example. So I bought a load of of bolts, and they come in this horrible, shitty box, and they're hex machine screws and they need sorting out into proper boxes so I know where they all are. So they've all gone into the parts drawers. And I love that that's organized and they're, they're all labeled on the front. Mm. But that's the most organized part of my entire garage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Everything else is on... just like where it will fit rather than... If you find one in a in suitable corner, place. Do you go and put it back? No, uh, quite often a, a, a random screw or nut yeah, or yeah. bolt will go into thing. a magnetic dish, right? I've got yeah. a magnetic dish that's that's always sat on the worktop, and then every couple of months, I'll sort the dish out. See, I I, I tend to go for the all of the machine screws uh, that I use for like three D printing stuff. It's all M three and M four um, generally. So I've got those all in because I'll, I'll order them from the same place every time and they always turn up in little bags that are all labelled and those are all grouped together in like a sort of box thing. So I, I can at least then grab the bag out and put the screws back in. But it is exactly the same sort of thing. I've just got a collection of random ones that I haven't put back in the bags. Yeah, and then cause... when you run out, you, you just buy more. And then you, yeah, you, your the, collection being, of random ones grows. <laughs> being organised is not an event. It's a like it's a way of thinking. It's not the like tidying up and putting everything in a place once. It's finding that screw and putting it back. So I yeah. love my my racco sorter boxes, but I'm not organised. I just have everything in one box once. Like yeah. I remember, and it's like you know, hanging on to wood. You know, people who was like, oh, I went to this cabinet shop and they had so many good things in their scrap bin. And like I remember, Carol, and I, I sort of helped you with something, and I was like, "Oh, do you want me to keep this tiny little thing?" Like, no, just keep working. Time is valuable. This tiny scrap of paper is of no use to us. Come on, but it might be. It's like I could turn it into a little mouse, and I could draw it. I was like, "Get back to work." <laughs> but you, because you, you, you know, you are a essentially a professional maker. Do you find that your do you do you hang on to things? Do you have that emotional attachment of like, oh, this is a really nice thing, and I'll just I'll just keep it over here, or are you able to separate it? I do have a few things which I then never use. <laughs> That's more a problem, right? You hang on to it so much that you are never going to use it, like mm. certain kind of fabric or something, which is like, oh, I only mm. got one meter of this really nice fabric. <laughs> Yeah. I really need to be careful project, what yeah. what to do with it. Right? Got to keep it for something special. Yeah, 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 yeah. But usually it's like so much crap, right? And now that like the the client is paying for the material anyways, it's like mm. I don't need to be so precious about it. If it was 
all my money that would go to waste, I would probably handle it differently, I guess. I don't know. I'm not I'm not throwing like everything away. I'm very like careful about reducing the, the cost because in the end um usually I make like package deals so I have a number in mind for material yeah. costs but if I keep that number for myself down and I can reuse a lot of stuff that I already have it's of course a better margin for me right so mm. but I'm not hanging on to every little scrap piece of wood anymore it's like <sighs> I was like being being careful about trying to fit objects onto a sheet of you know, foam board or something. It's mm. not that you'll just go, oh, like, yeah, everyone wherever one's like, no, no, we'll keep that bit. And I remember saying, oh, like that one, I know that I've just cut this one. Let's keep that off cut for the same thing where we need to do it again. Yeah, yeah, but off cuts, of course. If it's like big enough that you know you can use it uh, at a later point, of course. But if you have like a ton of off cuts, then it's not worth anymore. I suppose at that point everything gets smaller and smaller and smaller and then you can just give it to people who make pens or something. Yeah, I, do, yeah, I, do I mean... Like, is, is there a hierarchy, do you reckon? There's like you know, cabinet shops that chuck out half panels of plywood because it's of no use to them. What, yeah, absolutely. What's the, yeah. Like, the, the peak or the bottom of the, the maker raw material pyramid? Well, I mean, my, my uh, shopmate, um, Max... He's like doing mostly wood, woodworking stuff, right? So he's been clearing out a lot of his stuff. And I'm like just sitting next to him all the time. Like, I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this. I need this. So he would just throw it all away. And like, no, I can still use that, right? Even if mm. it's just for burning <laughs> in the end. <laughs> Warmth. Warmth, yeah. Speaking about the heat and the yeah. long, cold winter that's about to come. Um <laughs> But, but some, yeah, yeah. There are some processes, aren't there, that you just go through raw material. Yeah, like if you are, if you're the sort, if you do, you know, cut out uh, silhouettes from paper, you like two pieces of paper is really useful for you. If you do letterpress printing, you'll burn through fifty just setting up a job. If you don't really know what, you know, mm. you know that's why if you want to have letterpress stuff, if you want twelve, it's you might as well just order two hundred. <laughs> Like there's got to be a, yeah. again, you know, like you. It, so having your shopmate being like, "Oh, well, I do this," and you're like, "Oh, well, those are perfect for me." Hmm. It's almost like, what? Who do you pair up? You know, if you're a if you're a wood turner, do you do you find somebody who does chainsaw carving? Because they'll always have offcuts. You know, there's got to be some. You know, if you're all you know, resin and wood, like that, hmm. that tends to work quite well, doesn't it? You know, a couple of my friends today who are not specifically makers. Saying, oh yeah, and I saw this this thing, and the guy makes cubes out of wood offcuts and resin. Yeah, so there's got to be something, hasn't there? Yeah, I guess. But even even with fabric, I mean, there's always the thought of like, oh, I could make like a patchwork blanket out yeah. of that or whatever. But I don't really give a shit. So <laughs> most of the time, I just I don't throw the stuff away. I just if I have. Uh, like not so nice fabric left. I usually just like cut it up and use it as a as a towel to clean up stuff or something. A shop rag sort of thing. Yeah, but <clears throat> of course, if it's a really nice fabric, I keep it. And you can always make like little pencil cases or something out of that. It's a bit more difficult with the like fake fur. 
I suppose, mm. because it's like, what are you going to use it for if you just have like a 20 by 20 scrap piece of fake fur? It's like, I don't know. Just random adornments of facial hair on a string. <laughs> yeah, but I guess in the end, as long as I have my shop, it will eventually all pile up. And <laughs> if, if I have to move, I will sort through it and throw away a lot of stuff. But right now, if, if it's there, it's okay. It's not bothering anyone. <laughs> there are probably some things that suit it better, aren't there? Like if you do, because Duncan, you've done some, or a fair amount of Jesmonite casting. I guess mm -hmm. you can, like the bits that aren't useful, you can break off and do like a trazzo. Yeah, exactly. Color. Yeah, you just crush it all up and reuse it. Yeah. And if there's anything left in the pot when you mix a batch, um, you pour it out on a piece of cling film or baking sheet or whatever, let it dry, let it cure, and then that will be terrazzo bits as well. So that's a really cool process, <clears throat> the fact that you, the wastage from one project becomes a feature of the next. Yeah, I, I really love the, the I don't know, it's a, what's the word? Principle? Circular, That's not the right word. Circular I, economy? Yeah, I like that bit. That, that bit. <laughs> yeah, I like that there's like zero waste. Mm. I wish that was the same with 3D printing as well. Yeah, It kind of Definitely, is, yeah. but not at a level where I can manage it. Like that was I one of my hairbrained yeah. ideas a while back was to, to take the like the concept of what Brothers Make are doing, mm. um, and to to like es essentially, mm. if you had three D printing stuff and something like a CNC that you could then remelt and like make cast panels of or, or cast lumps of your melted print failures essentially, mm. and then turn oh, you know turn them all mill them or something into into something different that was kind of yeah. like the harebrained idea that got absolutely nowhere yeah it's just not really practical for a hobbyist with a printer yeah to be really really be doing that um there's a couple of places where you can send off your your waste you know, mm. and they'll turn it into new filament so it's kind of it's kind of getting there but yeah it's, it's economies of scale isn't it eventually it will become something yeah. that's just cheap enough that yes you can yeah, have a unit about the size of a 3d printer which you you put a empty spool at one end you you put a yeah you have a hopper which you put your broken bits into and it chews it up and spits out some filament that would be lovely mm. one day I guess there are. It's you know, if you if you want to get into making and you are particularly focused on recycling, you think of like a lot of jewelry making. Obviously, burning gas or whatever to heat up the metal is not particularly good. But mm. all of the casting work I've done, you know, because it is so expensive. You know, if you if you buy any gold, you're going to make sure you use every last gram and reuse it. And you collect like if you so when you the one like. Or, or throw it Rich. somewhere in your workshop. Spread it across the workshop. <laughs> that was platinum, and I didn't need to be reminded of the one time I exploded an entire ring's worth of platinum across my workshop. Yes, thank you. There goes so many pounds of material. I'd rather not think about it. <laughs> you, you knew it was going to be us that would bring that up. Happy anniversary, yeah. by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You'll it's... find it one day. 
I've been cleaning up a lot. Like, trust me, I cleaned up a lot for the rest of the day. I was going to say it ended up in a silver anyway. Right? I mean, most yeah. expensive shop vac. Clean shop, happy shop. full of no. platinum. <laughs> I even thought, like, what I, what I could do is I could sweep up all of the dust, put it into a little crucible, burn it, whatever's left. Will I, I was just going through what would go, what would. Because you could go for uh, different types of acids in rotation to, to get down to to that point where you're, you're only left with something that aqua region will, will get through. Yeah, you, you could do. But then by that point, you've wasted more money on, on that. On, on the acids, equally. yeah. But I thought if you burnt it down, that would make sense. But the problem is that platinum you need to have specific platinum crucibles uh, because it's science. Um, so, like, in theory, anyway, you should. So, if you're doing casting or uh, a precious metal, you should try and keep separate ones for each metal, so you don't contaminate mm. things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I by that point, I just condemned it to uh, learning experience. <laughs> and just so knowing that your friends will remind you at some point down the line. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, professional jewelers will uh, traditionally you, you have, to have the, that curved bench which the, with the then the peg uh, on which they sort of do their cutting. Underneath that, it's traditionally kept a, a, a piece of leather. Or yeah. It can be other materials to catch just all the bits of dust that you have yeah. when you're mm -hmm. um, you're yeah, filing and, and sawing. So you you can actually collect that. Um, you can send it into. You can send it. Yeah, in. there's different grades. So bench sweepings is like a. Yeah, you, you say how much weight you've got, and they'll go, oh, well, what is it? Is it casting sprues? Is it this? Is it that? Mm. Yeah, I've, I've, I've got a tiny little pot with a very small amount of not a lot of um, you know, precious metal in. There's quite yeah. the technology they use to look at it. What they do is they melt it down. At least I believe this is how they do it. They melt it down and then use X-ray fluoroscopy to look at it. Which are the coolest things? If you, I really, yeah. really want an XRF gun. If anyone has one, <laughs> I really like one. you've been after one of those for a while. I have. They are cool. It's been it's been at least a year and a half since I last saw one because I remember it was like not that long before the wedding, and I was like, oh, oh I just I just need to go and look at this thing. Um, <laughs> it's very important. But they they shoot X-rays at metal. Look at what bounces back, and it tells you the the percentage of each atomic metal and so you can go oh, yeah. like it's what type of bronze is it and it it's the closest to yeah magic. Like, 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 oh, that's graph. Cool. yeah because yeah. you think yeah. if you think with like because duncan you do stuff your um the gas analyzers like you, you mm -hmm. can kind of think like well different things are going to absorb different amounts of in, different gases or different amounts of infrared you, know, you can kind mm -hmm. of think about that but if you just shoot x-rays at something and then magic comes back i <laughs> that that is Still mind blowing. I think it's still X rays that come back. Yeah, I, was say, yeah. I imagine it's the sort of thing where you you need to be wearing a a lead apron, really, or oh, something like no. that. So you can have handheld XRF guns. So it, like, if you go, to but Julia, should then... you? <laughs> yeah, we, we don't want to get at. <laughs> but if you go to a jewel that, like, yeah, you know, some of the bigger jewelry places to get stuff valued, you know, before it was hallmarked. That was you know, the the standard, and now they can just go XRF and just tell you what's in it, mm. which is so cool. It it's is not cool. cool enough that anyone out it there should cool. hang on to theirs, but cool enough. <laughs> <that I should laughs> but you're willing to take it off their hands if, if I'm they, willing to. Say, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. I, I, I might even fifty quid. Up. Yeah, yeah. 
Have you have you got like a? Obviously, you want to you know, know the Gun, and, and, and I'm sure the <laughs> list is long. But is there a top piece of weird kit that you're after? You've got a lot of weird kit already. I but... have. So I thought for a long time it was the um, a vacuum metal coater, and I thought I got a uh, <clears throat> a sputter gun, like a, a. But I've actually got a thermal deposition chamber. Um, so maybe it's the attachment that will do that. Because the thing I like, one of the things I thought, wouldn't it be cool to make your own lens, like an optical lens, because you can mm. do optical coatings mm. on it. Um, so one of those things might be a uh, like a, a high vacuum kit, uh, just to look and like uh, optical coatings uh, to measure the thickness. So that if I if I could stick something, because what you can do with those, you can stick a three D printed thing in and cover it in metal, which is really quite cool, but it's the precision level stuff where you actually have to deal with high vacuum and things like, you know, the, the glue, you know, weirdly JB weld uh, is actually high vacuum rated at standard. There's a high vacuum version of it as well, but they super, super high level, like the gaskets you use to join bits together, make a difference because they will off gas. Like the, you know, if you think of, yeah, mm. you can smell certain plastics. They are off. They're, they're releasing gases that you'll notice. Mm-hmm picking up if you put them in a vacuum the amount that they release is higher than the pump that you've got can get rid of because obviously there are like big big pumps that most people use as a vacuum pump that's a roughing pump gets rid of most of the stuff but then you need something like a turbo molecular pump or a diffusion pump which are really cool it's like turbo molecular pumps look like jet engines and you'd think that they just blow the molecules out but they don't they look. They move randomly. The, you know, whatever gas that's in the chamber, and they hit the spinning disc, and it's the momentum of it hitting the disc that pushes it down. It doesn't create a fan because the the rotor can't spin up in anything other than a relatively high vacuum. Whereas a diffusion pump uses oil. That's the one I've got on mine. So you have a roughing pump to get down to a certain level, then you use a diffusion pump that uses hot oil, and it's the falling. Uh, the oil heats up and it goes upwards, and then it falls down and it drags molecules of gas. Uh, it's like it's almost like a quantum level. Like it statistically pulls some through, and that's how it works. It's not. It, it's really hard to get your mind around mentally. Uh, so, in answer to your question, I can't think of one off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> but I would really, I'd probably an XRF gun, just because I think they're cool. I the feel like one. my soul just left my body. <laughs> just listening to that, they're like. What? <laughs> I even turned it's it not down. your first language as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did not understand a single word, but very interesting. James. Thank you. Right. Vacuum and oil. That's that's, that's, that's <laughs> vacuum vacuum oil molecules out of what? I mean, if you do, so. if you want a real answer, I can tell you the list of things I have. I can look it up. And, You've got it there, haven't you? Yeah. Well, I've, is I've it, it just all in the saved searches in CDL? Uh, no, it, they are auction alerts, though, so I can I can tell you what they are. There's 32. <laughs> 32. <laughs> well, one, some of them are really generic. They're like blacksmith. Oh, an air graver. So, um, you know, like if you if you do engraving, uh, they are um, like a little pneumatic hammer. So rather than tapping with a hammer on a chisel to create patterns, okay. anyone who's seen Those are cool, skills, yes. they're really cool but they're incredibly, like looking at them you think they're not going to be that expensive but they are, they're thousands <laughs> of pounds for like a, a yeah. compressor and a thing that moves back and forth and I know that there are like 
I say I know. I say like everyone at home is going. You know, you can just make them out of like you can adapt this cheap Chinese <laughs> import version, and it's almost as good. I, oh wait, no, no one else is saying that except for one person. But they have these. They have these. Uh, pune. How do you say that? Pneumatic. <laughs> I don't say the pneumatic. Don't say the pneumatic. Pneumatic. Yeah. Uh, shizzle thingies for uh, working with marble like these days oh yeah which is really cool like if you if you have a uh a stone sculptor type of thing and it's like it goes so fast it's, it's incredible so can you imagine taking you know one of the one of the ancient world's sculptors and just sort of bringing them to to modern day kind of tools and stuff going oh yeah put them put them in front of a 3d printer or what <laughs> or, or even just that kind of thing of like instead of just you know here's here's a hammer and a bolster you know here's this new modern piece of technology instead have at it you, you yeah. absolutely blow their mind hmm. yeah give something like that to michelangelo and yeah see what he would produce yeah yeah but i mean that's that's the same with everything right if you are Hand writing yeah. a letter and just putting it in front of a typewriter. It's like, here's a PC. You don't have to make a, you don't have to use a feather anymore. <laughs> it's like, it's like a quill, but there is a backspace. What's a backspace? Yeah. <laughs> but this is where you start getting into, you almost into the AI art territory that people might go, oh, well, no, I, do, I don't want that. Yeah. Even though every one of my, artist friends who's looked at they've gone god that would be so useful for like trying to figure out what people are asking me for <laughs> yeah god i didn't even think of that that's a fantastic yeah. idea yeah. good application so yeah because and like in my mind it, it's probably not going to get rid of artists it'll get rid of the like i want something generic just to fill a space on a piece of paper like i i used it i used mid-journey uh for my dissertation i just wanted some nice background art that was royalty free and I could put in an essay and not have to worry where I took it from that kind of represented some vague ideas to do with a thing called the double diamond, which is a design framework. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have paid you know it seems almost worse to have paid someone a fiver on you know a website like that to do something <laughs> because you kind of belittle their artistic skill and it's gonna take them yeah. half an hour, even if they're you know, using stock images or oh, mid-journey. Yeah, yeah. But I think it'll create that, won't it? There'll be there'll be someone who is a prompt designer. Yeah, this is yeah. already a thing. Yeah. There is a yeah. site already where you can sell prompts. Wow. Um, yeah, so you can be a, a professional prompt designer. God, what a world we live in! It's good, isn't it? Profe professional word assembler. I, I think it's amazing. I think it's brilliant. People complaining that, um, oh, it's going to take over this and that. And... Yeah, maybe to an extent in, in small parts, but it, it'll, it it'll change birth things. a whole, it'll... whole yeah. other skills mm. and industries yeah. that don't even exist yet. So um, it'll give and take, but I think it'll give more. Mm. So it's, it's it's just going, well. going back slightly to that idea of giving yeah, like a pneumatic chisel to Michelangelo. Yeah, you get it's, it's that same sort of thing where you get people going in yeah, like woodwork Facebook groups going, oh CNC, that's not proper woodworking. 
Yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah. What, what if I use a? Yeah. Do I have to use a handsaw? Or can I? Can I use a an electric? Yeah. Battery powered saw. Yeah, it's like, and you think? Yeah. If you go back to kind of yeah, the, the, the Chippendale furniture makers, if you gave them kind of a CNC. So the ones with the with the abs and stuff and the yeah. skimpy white skimpy um <laughs> yeah. yeah you, you give you, why you needed oil for woodworking yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah they, they would they would yeah if you gave them modern tools they'd go oh wow we can we can save you yeah, thirty hours in making these dovetailed drawers yeah I st I still think there's a difference though between like uh computer like CNC and 3D printing and just having an electronic version of your tool. Like a, Yeah, agreed. Yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a different skill set involved, isn't there? If you yeah. if you're pulling a trigger and guiding a saw through a piece of wood, or if you're manually moving the saw through a piece of wood, that's different yeah. to pushing 3D a button and having and... a machine doing it for you. So. I mean that's that's three different levels, isn't it? Yeah. I mean actually using a, a hand saw well is not something that everyone can do mm. it's much easier to perhaps use something like a track saw or a table saw i think that's more accessible to more people uh, but then it's you know it's about it's the argument is is it about the skills or is it about what's being produced and, and does it actually matter and it, it, stuff stuff like that really riles me up. <laughs> makes me so angry about people saying things like, oh, you you know, there's no skill in operating a CNC machine. You just push the button. I'm not saying and... that. I'm not saying that. No, I, I'm just saying it's different. Some people it's, do that. Yeah. Yeah, some people mm -hmm. do. And it... It's different set of skills, really, really Absolutely, different. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, that, that, yeah, but that, that was exactly yeah. my point because yeah. the like, if you have a a, a track saw or something, mm -hmm. or a handheld saw, that's like one category, and CNC mm -hmm. is something completely different, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So just it's not a it's not a replacement. No, it's not such. a replacement. It's, uh, it's just a different. And the tool. same with, it with, is a tool. with with 3D printing, you still have to like sculpt the piece on the PC, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. In order to get it printed. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you're using a chisel by hand or using a pneumatic chisel, like that's just an advantage for it's, it's like, on the less thing. labor, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's just for making your saving, yeah. yeah it, making it's, your, it, your, it's different skills easier. with with different goals i yeah, think if exactly. if you want to like you might use a hand chisel if that's what you just enjoy doing if you if yeah. you you know enjoy the process of making something by hand and that's what you like then that's what you do i i can you can, I compared it to riding a horse and driving a car before if you want to get from a to b as quickly as possible you, you take the car if you want to enjoy a journey and an experience you ride the horse it's mm. it's just different it's just not comparable um, and and people who say things like oh well it's easy it's cheating or or whatever mm. i just i just think that's a little bit ignorant it's not no, having it's a full okay, understanding yeah. of what's going on well you guys know me and i love yeah. digital tools and 
seeing what I can do with them. And I think it's, uh, I think there's a, there's a, you can do things that you can't do by hand or I can do by hand. Mm. Um, you look at physical it, limitations as well. It's not always about yeah. like mass production or anything like that. Obviously the, the digital tools make sense for that because there's, mm. there's lower labor involved at, at scale. But I get a lot of enjoyment out of wrangling the tool to get it to do yeah. what you want. Yeah. I see. I think it's that. I mean, that analogy you gave of the kind of horse and the, the car is, is is just right. I mean, there are some people who enjoy going into their workshop and making a chest of drawers using nothing other than hand tools, mm. not a battery in sight, not a power tool in sight, other than maybe the light above the head. And it may take them months to create mm -hmm. a, a chest of drawers and it will mm -hmm. be handmade and it will be exquisite. And that's fantastic. But I think for a lot of people kind of like that idea of, yeah, I, I want to do that because it's that process. That's actually the thing that I'm most interested in, not necessarily the final product. But if I've got this final product that can go in the house and is a heritage piece that can last for yeah, decades and decades, fantastic. Then there are other people who kind of, yeah, I want to make furniture. I, I don't want to spend you know, 15 hours cutting the dovetails for one drawer. I'd rather get a jig out and a router and cut all the dovetails, tidy them up with a chisel, and now I've got something. So I've got five drawers done in 15 hours. And, yeah, reduce the time because I want to make a piece of furniture because it needs mm. to fill a gap. And then there are people who kind of go, well, yeah, I don't have, as sort of James said, I don't have maybe the physical strength or the, I don't, I don't like dust. And I can put everything in a box <laughs> and I can have the air sucked out and just sneeze. Everything can be nice and clean. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're laughing. We're laughing at my, my silent sneezing for the, the audio podcast listeners and Andy's choice of dust. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, to, just to, to build on those analogies, I, meringue. You can make meringue by putting a load of physical labor in with a whisk, or you can stick the same eggs in a food processor, or you can go down to the bloody shop and buy meringue. I think, I think digital digital fabrication is process decoupling. So yeah. if if you are so for a long time, if you wanted to make something, you're kind of you're carving something, you're designing it and creating it at the same time. With digital fabrication, you design it. You decide how, like the design of the manufacturer, and then you manufacture it. It's they're separate bits, so it's really nice if you're busy. You can be like, oh, I'm going to sit at home and I'm going to model this thing, or I'm going to create some toolpaths, or I'm going to change my design. It's it's I can't think of a like you don't 3D print or machine on the fly. Like you don't make changes while it's happening. Whereas if you're cutting tenons you might go yeah. oh actually i realized i kind of messed up that last one i'm gonna to have to change the design for it i think that i think that's the difference isn't it that with this thing you you decouple versus a power chisel for carving you just speed up that same process well i think the other thing with with a lot of that is the um it doesn't necessarily have to be the same people in the same place either you know, yeah. said about you know you, that a person can do the design and then three D print and then you know finish or whatever. But you know we, we've we've 
mutual friend uh, of ours who could absolutely make a thing, but there is already a particular thing out there who that's already on the internet. Someone else has done the modeling for. They can find the link, send that to Neil Duncan. We can print it out, stick it in the post to them, and then they can incorporate that into their their work and save them them a job. You know, it's a, a fairly common thing that we we see quite often. I think Dale from Epitrichie has made, a, a, I think, a good point as well. CNC is to woodworking what the typewriter is to handwriting. It doesn't stifle creativity, just makes it more repeatable. It does make it more repeatable, but I, I think it does more than that. Um, I think it opens it, up opportunities. Like if, if, if you're going from, say you're going from, say you're starting with hand tools and you're talking about handheld chisels and you want to chisel out a... Um, a trough, a rebate in, in something. And you're doing it with a hammer and chisel, which is probably the most basic way you can do it. And it's going to be uneven, maybe, depending on your skill level. Or if you've been doing it for 15 years, you know, it's going to be a bit flatter and square and, you know, angles will all be right. And then you're moving to maybe a router plane, which has a blade specifically for that kind of job it might have guides on it are the guides cheating or is it just a different mm. skill mm. and then you perhaps you're moving on to an electrical router is the next step and again is that cheating or is it you've, you've got to control this thing now this thing wants to fly off the piece of wood you've got to control it in a different way maybe you've got to build jigs for it um and then you've got a router table which takes some of them some more of the load off you it helps you align the piece keep it straight and then you probably bumping up then to a cnc router table which just takes the control of the cutting off of your hands so they're they're, they're all tools they're all just incremental steps to achieve the same thing um and to to me, the, the repeatability, I have no interest in making the same thing over and over again. I have an interest in using a tool to do things that I can't do. Mm. So like the guy with the, the router plane might be great, but the next generation along that have got the electric router might not be able to use the router plane very well because it's just not what they're used to. So they buy the electric router and use that because they they're using the tool to do a thing that perhaps they can't or don't have the time to learn or you know whatever whatever the reason it's just a it's just a tool it's just another tool. <laughs> trying to try yeah. and say it's a long yeah. way around. <laughs> if you think of why why did dovetails become a thing, like they are not the most efficient way to join things together. It showed the craftsman and skill or the skill of a craftsman. So in a way, yes, it is cheating using a dovetail bit to cut dovetails when you're saying that it's a demonstration of skill. But it's I think that's where the people who say, oh, well, that is cheating. It's cheating in the way that you're sh pretending you're more skillful than you aren't. But I don't think anyone who uses these tools is trying to pretend they're any more skillful. They're just saying, well, I've mm. created the same thing. Yeah. I've, yeah. Or a very close analogy. If you're it marketing it as handmade and yeah. this this beautiful thing that I've done, then yeah, you, you deserve some some grief for that. But um, 
I don't I don't know that there's anyone doing that. Really? Same with the Dali and this generative mm -hmm. art. If you try and sell that art and say, look at this glorious painting I've done. Um yeah. yeah, here's my here's my limited edition print run of my original oil painting. Mm. That's yeah. where and I think yeah, as as the kind of that technology evolves, there'll be more ground rules. Already I feel a bit uncomfortable doing anything that involves people like lookalikes. It's very easy to put in a celebrity name and something, but it's just trying mm -hmm. to find out the kind of the code, you know, for don't be a dick for this technology. Like don't be a dick for doing dovetails, is don't pretend that you've yeah. cut them by hand when you've done it with the router. No one no one's ever gonna go, Oh wow, like I'm so glad that these are hand cut unless you are the sort of person that could tell anyway. Yeah, they're, they're too precise. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of the, if you think about antiques, people go, oh, isn't it so nice? You can see the handcraftedness of it. It's not the mm. the perfection of the dovetails. You can see, oh, they're all slightly different sizes. Yeah, because they were being mass-produced. Yeah. But at a slower rate than we mass-produce things nowadays. Hmm. Or in, in carvings, you can say, oh, you can see the chisel marks. You can see how they rounded this over, but they made it look like something else. They worked within the limitations of the tool they had. And it's celebrated for that. You know, like, if you want to take a photo, go and buy a digital camera. But why have I got a load of analog film cameras? Because I like the imperfection. I like, you know, and you can say, well, oh, well, actually, when you, when you then take the film and you scan it into a computer, you should make sure there's no dust on it at all. Mm -hmm. That's just another part of the process. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's the that's the that's the enjoying the process and the experience yeah. part, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's filters like analog filters for a reason, <laughs> of <right>? course. So, <laughs> so you're adding the grain and the dust uh, after you took a perfectly crisp picture. <laughs> I was, I was just going to say, if you're not doing, if you're not making your own wet glass, <laughs> yeah, then are you really a photographer? No, and it pains me every day. Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> I was even looking today at Chroma Camera's wet plate photography holders, but fine. You've called me out twice now. That's on the list, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Wet, wet plate colloidon, but I've already got the stuff. I just need to learn how to do it. That does not surprise me. But I was going to say, in the... The, the the great philosophers uh, Liam and Noel Gallagher that true perfection <laughs> has to be imperfect. <laughs> yeah, and after all, you know the other things yeah. said. <laughs> I'll let you fill it. In. I said maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to do introductions now? <laughs> Can do. Right, uh, he's he's Duncan. Hi. Uh, he, goes, he goes by Little Hobby Shop. I Very think good. is the best place to find you online. Mhm. Mm I for now. say I, I go to Duncan for. I, I'm deciding that this is how we're going to do it. By the okay. way. Okay. Just each introduce. He's saying the template now. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. We we all know each other. We've all been friends like for a long yeah. time. I like and this. I, sus I suspect most people who are listening know who we are. But I always think it's interesting to know, like, what do people think 
you are in the maker community. Oh yeah, I don't know. Tell me. Yeah. So mm. uh, <laughs> like this. Well, we have don't we have a phrase like you know, dunking something? Apparently, like very making much Making so. something. I just a, want to make it clear that I I did not initiate this. No, no, this is all, this is no I think it was saying. it was one of us. I think yeah. it's because you you'll have a pause when you're saying something of trying to describe how you did it, and Jamie will say you Duncan'd it. Yeah, that's normally how it there is a that. there is a a Martian related Matt Damon meme knocking about with my name on it, yeah. dunking the shit out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, that, that stems from from my Jamieing things and you Duncaning things. You know, from us, you know, trying to help friends out in three D printing stuff, and in my kind of cavalier approach to, ah, oh, just wing it, and while it's while it's printing, just do a bit of this, and you taking a much more measured, deliberate engineering approach yeah, to doing it properly. My brain. <laughs> yeah. The Jamie just approach. Just try all yeah. the things at once. <laughs> like, no. Let's think about this. Uh, if you change 15 variables and it works, it still works. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe like it's always hard to distill someone down, isn't it, to like one thing. But maybe I would the reason I would like maybe ask you for advice is like I've got this complex system that I want to try and figure out or like I want to design something to run like i don't know um i'm thinking of like the the control panels and things you built to go like oh well this yeah you know, like these things exist within the world and i've synthesized them together and i think you're very good at that anyway you're very good at uh piecing parts of the world together to make something greater than the part of it some of the parts that was all okay. that always sounded really nice i get it and then i messed <laughs> up the end of it and it sounded yeah. i would fine. i would always I like it I would always ask Duncan if something's like really high up in the shelf and I can't read it. <laughs> but the, the irony being that in in the, all of the pictures that we've got on screen, Duncan looks like he's sat the lowest down as well. Extend <laughs> yeah. a neck. But you do you've done stuff with generative art and Jesmalite um, and three D printing and uh, making lasers, machines, lasers, yeah. niche case nerdery. Yeah, yeah. Just, just like toying with things if I can get my hands on them. Just glad I haven't got a power hammer. <laughs> yeah, don't Brazil nuts all year round. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's so anyone who's because it's so easy, isn't it, to to not think about going to follow someone on Instagram. Yeah, mm -hmm. You might go, oh yeah, yeah, I, I've heard of them. So if if that's that's the sort of thing, goes, oh, that sounds like something i'd like to appear more in my feed go and follow at little Hot yes Shots. nerdy nerdy weird stuff hopefully <laughs> i guess it's my turn then who am i doing no, i'm doing other uh, other guests caro i'll do caro um yeah, guests will introduce each other that, that makes life easier <laughs> yeah. caro is yeah. known as prop shop berlin no you said it right Everywhere, not Berlin's prop shop. <laughs> James is demoing. Um, Caro makes weird things, just just <laughs> like weird stuff. Body parts, animals, um, low poly horses. Uh, yeah, if you can think of it, then Caro can can probably make it. Um, 
I would go to Caro four. All sorts. Yeah. Caro does all the things. I recently had tips on casting from Caro. Silicon casting in particular. Um yes. so I'd say very Caro... very talented maker of all things. Because mm. I said Duncan, you're like if, if you think of like a prototype, Duncan, you're probably gonna be really good at a works like prototype. Caro would be like if I if I joined if I needed a prototype, I would assign works like prototype to you, Duncan, and looks like to Caro. Like, yeah. Yes. Oh, like yeah. you could make. I could say, oh, I wanted to look like a steel I beam. Uh, I could do the I beam, but it would look like yeah. shit. But yeah. then I'd say, oh, I wanted to, <laughs> I want to be able to lift it up, and Caro would be like, oh, well, like why are you doing that out of papier mâché? Like just do it out of, <laughs> I don't know, foam core or <laughs> something. Like it's. I think that that's like one of your secret skills. I, I would say as well, Caro's got a, a, a very, very, very unique set of very niche knowledge on stuff that nobody else has done or worked with or worked on. So, you know, things like, oh, how, how do you make uh, an eyeball look like an eyeball but not actually be one? You know, it's, it's those kind of... Uh, if there's some, it's very really, easy. Really... I can, I can show you. But exactly <laughs> that. <laughs> you, yeah. Like, I've got this really obscure problem. Yeah. Is it technical? Ask Duncan. Is it visual? Is it material based? Is it, you know, some sort of weird structural, sculptural thing? Ask Kara. And the good part about that is that Duncan and I actually worked together recently. So he helped me out, like developing a pattern, like the 3D pattern for something. And it was just about getting the shape right. And he had the right program for designing it <laughs> and could make, uh, could print me like a 2D pattern that I could turn into a 3D object then in various so, sizes. So Duncan, Duncan the shit out of it. And then you carried the shit out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm still carrying the shit out of it. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> I was just thinking it'd be, very, it'd be great to see you two work on a, a project together. I, mm. I just had a automatons jump into my head. Yeah. Like, I would do Definitely. the mechanics and the movement, and it would look like mechanical things moving. Yeah. And then Caro would make it look like whatever Something it's supposed to look, look like. I mean, that's that's like one thing. thing I'm I'm really interested in is like all these um, uh, like the mechanics you have in, in like the robot kind of. Oh, I'm missing the word now. Um, it's not it's not the practical per se. It's uh, if you have a robotic interior of like a SFX dummy or something that moves like oh, think of a like robotic armature yeah. An animatronic yeah. animatronic yeah that's the word sorry mm. my brain um yeah i'm totally fascinated by that but i have no clue about anything electronic <laughs> so everything for me everything needs to be mechanical and like 
not connected to any wires. So that would be like a really, really great combination because I know a lot of people who actually have the skill and do develop their own like 3D print, like interior skulls and armatures and stuff like that for their uh, animatronics. So they have both the exterior and the interior covered and that's like, it's really good. Mm. But it takes a lot of time for me to get into that and I I can't be bothered. <laughs> That's why we have a Duncan. Yeah. But he's so far away. Like Power Rangers. Just combine into this awesome makeup. But then we need thing. Dr. Malty for everything else, I guess. <laughs> for everything else. There's mass no, Dr. Malty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't even know how to describe you because it's it's why, so why much. Like, why do you think I opted not to describe myself? It was easier <laughs> to pick anyone. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, you have. I sometimes like in this round. I feel like you and me are like Pinky and Brain, and I'm definitely not the <laughs> brain in this group, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting here like following instructions and like okay yeah I do that yeah, let him let him talk I don't understand a single word of what he's saying but it probably Cara, makes can sense. you can you just say the phrase so what are we going to do tonight multi <laughs> take over the world or what's <laughs> the, the English yeah you know what the English phrase for that is exactly um so you have so much knowledge that it's unfair I would say in very niche fields <laughs> but also very useful fields like uh medical in a medical sense i guess and brewing i find it really interesting that you're just so interested in all of that and you like soak up all the knowledge like a sponge and you can keep it in your brain because i am like the exact opposite i i am interested in a lot of things but as soon as I've read them, I forget them, right? So I think that's that's his greatest su superpower, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah. it's the absorbing it and then being able to recall it later. Plus, being yeah. extremely nice. That's that's just for there, you. Chief, I said it. Just for you. Chief. So, <laughs> is it fair to call you the the um, sort of make a hipster? Um. Yeah. I mean, I've. I think I take. Don't the do that. I made a I made a copper coffee pipe for br r like the bribe purely yeah. because I thought it was a funny thing and I thought oh I should own one of those. But it was the fact that you, you were able to just source all of the hipster type props to go with the narrative for that video. I, that, that's fresh in my mind because I, I was showing someone the other day. Um, but it was just it's like oh uh, what would be really good to add to the hipster aesthetic? I'll I'll just fire up the printer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yes, this this one and a half ton of decorative cast iron. Let's just get that moving in the background. <laughs> yeah, I think if anyone hasn't figured out yet that we are all very uh, close friends who chat quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, c considering the platinum story, I can't think how many people I've told that to, and it's maybe only just more than four. <laughs> <laughs> 
not the sort of thing you freely admit to. Like, oh yeah, I accidentally exploded a lot of expensive stuff into I, such I, small pieces. I think I remember where I heard that, and it was actually on here. Oh, was it? Oh, maybe. I but you weren't the guest. You weren't the guest. And you put it in the chat, <laughs> and you said. You didn't say platinum. You said white gold. And yeah, the only I reason remember I remember this is because I came up with a, just a witty reply that I was just so chuffing myself for. <laughs> um, <laughs> you said something along the lines of, oh, I managed to explode 10 grams of white gold all over my workshop. And I said something like, uh, I've I've never heard it called white gold before. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I remember. That's where I learned that story from. I'll probably never forget that now. Yeah, the same can probably be said for some of our audience. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, and an, an unrelated. Yeah. <laughs> So you said that Kara's at Prop Shop Berlin? Mm-hmm. Yep, got it the right way around. Where can people find you then, Malty? Uh, at Malt and Make. Which is annoyingly hard to say, and it sounds like Molten Make, which would be very fitting, considering liquid metal exploding everywhere. <laughs> that wasn't the intention, though. Hey guys, today we're going to be flinging liquid aluminium all over the workshop. Coming up after these messages. Yeah. NordVPN. Who <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, originally... are by the way? Yeah. 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 My original idea was that I brew beer and make things. I was like, oh, well, brewing beer is sufficiently different that it'll it'll set me apart from something else and make and. Now I'm just glad that it's at least I've got a name. That's the worst bit of trying to start making yeah. things is describe yourself. And I don't think brew and make would be any better than malt and make, to be fair, brew in terms of yeah, saying it yeah. quickly. Brew and make. But don't forget your second yeah. channel. Oh yeah, my my wanky photography one. <laughs> well, it's called it's on point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's, it's analog photography, and I thought like. The only people who do, like, the vast majority of, like, analog photography accounts are, like, here's my arty photo, or here's my, like, lo-fi beats YouTube video, and so I, th I went for, like, I've got to have a suitably stupid name, so I, I thought Hype Mundane, because <laughs> I, like, I really wanted Hyper Mundane. But that was already taken. There was already hypermundane.com, and it's something else, and I thought, well, what's even worse than that? Hype Mundane. Well, it, it's just basically good, bad, isn't it? Or, or good average. Yeah. But I, I liked the idea that, yeah, like it's it's all about celebrating something that's not particularly interesting. Like the, you know, nice photos that you look at, it's not like, isn't that interesting content? It's just, oh, it's, it's really visually pre pleasing and I, hmm. I like the look of it. It's the, why are you filming plastic bags circling around in the wind off of America? I got, I got one of the like best compliments last week uh during the, the the on set on on the film set that i went went to oh, yeah. because i was making i was working on this like a dummy like a, a human dummy <laughs> for a couple of weeks so i had to bring him on set to romania 
and I was also hired to like head of department of the whole like art department thing, right? And the DOP, so the um, the actual videographer at some point. And uh, he really nice guy. I, I really really dig him. He has a total dry sense of humor, but it's a pleasure to work with him. <laughs> it's at one point he was like, uh, we were sitting in the in, in the car, and he was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How much? How much was this dummy that you had made? And I was like, oh, I can't remember actually what I put on the invoice or something. And I was like, Yeah, wait. Did you order it? I'm like, No, I made it. Like, what you made it? <laughs> and he was giving me all the compliments before, right? And I was like, Yeah, I made this. And he was. You could see that he was like struggling to find words because he was so. <laughs> and I know. Nice. He probably wouldn't have admitted that it was good if he would have known that I made it, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's more of a compliment when he didn't realize it was you first. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, yeah, I didn't realize. And then because he was he was a really empathetic guy, and like two days later, he he was like, "Yeah, I, sorry, I didn't realize you made that." <laughs> like, yeah, it's all right, it's no problem. I'm. It's clearly been sat churning away for the. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've not only been hired as the idiot on set. I'm actually, I actually did have my part in this. <laughs> you know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't, but to this degree, I did. I yeah, they didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. They and did. Nice. They did. It was one of the like. We are have we've been talking about imposter syndrome for like several times, right? Mm. And this time I actually got called out as an imposter, so <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was quite a harsh experience, but uh, I learned a lot. And how would you deal with something like that, though? If you know, if if you know it's a job you've not done before, and then someone says, "Or oh, you've not done this before." <laughs> Because it, it, it's technically true in that instance, but you're trying to step up to learn how to do that. Well, I mean, the issue was that the the director knew before that I was inexperienced, right? Mm. And he decided to hire me for that. And, I mean, there were so many things going wrong that were out of my control, um, which they admitted to at, at last, right? But... Um, in the end, I don't think it was my fault because everyone knew. I wasn't like trying to mm. pretend something that I wasn't. But maybe they thought I would have had more experience. It's okay. You... It's over now. <laughs> but they, they brought you in not because they didn't go, oh, well, yeah, there's literally... It's, it's not like they're the last person and they're like, oh, well, who, who have we got randomly? It's like, no, we specifically wanted you. And they knew your mm. skill set. It's not like, oh, who's this randomer? Oh, let's get her in. Yeah, that'll do. Next person, they've thought, oh well, we like what you do, and we like what you could bring to our thing. Yes, you might not be, you know, the the world's greatest art director or you know, head of art department, but we know that what we want from this role is something you can do. Yeah, but I think they ex uh, they expected me to. Um... I don't know how deep I want to go into that because in the end I know what I did wrong and how I could have handled it differently to a certain extent but 
we also agreed from the beginning that we would have a local like art director on set mm. and he mm. was a complete failure so in the end i was all by myself right i didn't have any help from that side mm. which i relied on in which i communicated from the beginning <laughs> especially in a, in a in a country where you don't speak the language and even if everyone's like communicating in in English things just get lost on the way right yeah, and course, yeah. so many so many things went wrong it's like i can't don't even know where to start and in the end of course i feel felt miserable because it was my responsibility right mm -hmm. but i think at least from the german side in retrospective, they kind of know now that it it was not all my fault. I think that's a, a very important distinction for them to make, though, isn't it? Is realizing the culpability. You know, it's, it's if they're going to give you know kind of a, an expectation at the outset, and then not live up to that, you you can't really fulfill your job. Then, if you don't have the tools there to do it. You know, if, yes. if they understand their role in that, then at least it's takes the pressure off slightly. Yeah, and in, in the end, there was there were so many different sides to it that went wrong, and one of them was also that I felt like I wasn't taken seriously enough because I'm a woman, which mm. is quite weird because there was things where I said like three times that we make it like this and they weren't following what I was saying. And then the producer had to come in and then he was, he was saying it like for the fourth time and suddenly everything worked out. I'm like, okay, I guess just that's how it is. Right. <laughs> it wasn't that, would that same sort of thing have happened in Germany, for instance, or do you reckon that would be? You know, no, 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 no. I think, or... no, it would have, in Germany, it would have been handled completely different because there, uh, I know what's available here, and in terms of like yeah. what we can, what we can achieve, and what we can build, and like where to get materials from, yada yada. So it's not. It was just a lot for this short amount of time as well, mm. and I mean, I have to admit like what they because i usually work more in uh like advertisement or like real length mo movies or series or something and you have a lot more prep time and a lot more filming time for that so everything's mm -hmm. very structured and you have to follow the, the 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 time frame that they give you and in this case it was very like we are all creatives <laughs> let's be spontaneous <laughs> <laughs> They're often let's known for their organizational as, skills. Let's cram as much as we can into two filming days. And I should, you know, if if you would see what we did in those two days, you could have stretched that easily into a week. It's like, yeah. So, yeah. I just hope it was worth it. <laughs> Is there a final product yet that you've you've seen, or is this this is obviously a, uh, sort of like a secret no? Project? It will come out in uh, October fourteenth if they can make it. So not oh, not, not too even far two away. weeks. Yeah. 
I like that both Duncan and I did the same synchronized head movement at the bottom right hand corner of our screen to figure out what the date was today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, not long. Yeah. Well, I th I think it's incredibly brave. If mm. when it comes to like stuff that I do on my own, I've got no problem trying stuff that I've not done before. Mm. no problem at all but when it comes to like professional work i'm terrified of even applying for jobs where i don't think i've i fit every single mm. requirement so credit yeah it's yeah. weird i mean i feel like the next thing that i'm doing where you helped me with the pattern mm -hmm. right before so we were making a stage full of various cacti <laughs> and the, the fun thing about this project is that um, I've been working with this theater for like over 10 years now and they trust me so much that they're basically giving me all their budget and I can like like uh, shift it freely. They say like, okay, we have this amount of money. Can you do it for that? And I have to calculate like the materials and the labor and everything on my own and they're trusting me with that. And it's really nice because I know that I can do that, right? Yeah, <laughs> having, having your own self-confidence in something is a separate thing to someone else having complete confidence in you. Mm. I think that, yeah. that kind of, that, that's a demonstration of that, I think. Yeah, it all comes down to communication in the end, as always. <laughs> I guess. It doesn't everything. A lot about you know, what what are people's expectations you know what what do they think is going to happen you know, i think expectation management is a huge part of almost everyone's job probably carry more mm -hmm. yours mm -hmm. than uh yeah probably more yours than anyone's particularly if you're if you're making someone for something else what are they what do they want and can they communicate that to me mm. yeah Yeah, but expectation management is sometimes obviously there's a backside to that where people have unrealistic expectations which are then impossible to manage from the side of kind of going oh they want that and this yeah it's that it's a bit like the sort of the the three segments of yeah you can have it quick you can have it cheap we can have it good yeah, yeah you can't have all three yeah mm -hmm. yeah but that was one of the actually one of the problems in the um during those very intense days that i had to be the person telling them all the time that's not possible that's not possible sorry we can't do that anymore that's not possible so mm -hmm. in the end they were pretty annoyed by me constantly telling them <laughs> that something's not possible because we are all creative and fun right like yeah but that's not Taking exactly my, my that's not exactly my job i knew it's mm. great that you're having new ideas every five minutes but it's not how it's work working right so. mm. you can't fit a 12-hour build into the uh the next 20 minutes before we need to do the, the next film <laughs> yeah and I mean, I had I had different uh, expectations as well. I I didn't think that I would be, I don't know, standing in the middle of Bucharest at 
two o'clock at night gluing on pink flowers to uh, <laughs> <laughs> to a van and things like see and, and that is a, that is the kind of phrase that we could only hear from you Cara. yeah but it's like that that's not my job that's what we have people there who whose job is to produce these kind of things right if I go in there as an art director or production designer or however you may call it, you're the one delegating. Yeah. I shouldn't be the one like picking up the tools and actually doing it because they are not capable. <laughs> well, that, that's the the the, often, the the main distinction between kind of leadership and management, isn't it? You know, whether you, you actively take a role in in being a part of the of the completed project or if you are entirely hands-off and purely delegation you know you I suppose in that sense you you, you were leading the team rather than managing it I suppose if they, if you if you didn't have that ability to manage the team because they let you down but the project's still you completing it's, yeah it that's that's the issue yeah. I mean in in the end I, I am I wanted to like I don't know put every screw in myself because then mm. I know it would have been done right. <laughs> if you just have a, a bunch of complete idiots there, it's like. Although I have to say the prop master was very capable. He was I have never seen anyone wiring LEDs and electronics so fast as he did. <laughs> it was that was that was insane. He was very good. I guess that's a lot of leadership, isn't it? It's finding those people who you can rely on and say, "Look, I yeah. you know, clearly you are good at this." And a lot, you know, even if you think, "Oh, that's my, that's what I'm good at too," yeah, probably not the case in this situation where no one was particularly good at many things. Uh, but it's then saying, "Oh, well, I guess I'm not going to be the person doing what I normally do." And if anyone's, mm. like, if I was thinking of like the times that you know, we meet up and we make something, I think, "Oh, well." What am I good at? You think, oh, well, they're already doing that and they're good at that. I, it's, it feels so difficult, doesn't it, to find your place when, when you don't have that, especially as lots of makers, we don't have one thing that you're good at. It's yeah, hard to definitely. think of like, oh, what can I contribute? Uh, I but think I'm you usually, and I... In that, in that scenario, I'm usually the one like taking a step back and letting the others have the fun, so to say. Yeah. Because... It's, I don't know. <laughs> I, think, I think that was that was something that James and I particularly struggled with when we were at Kjell's, um earlier in the year. You know, the, the, the kind of the main jobs that we were getting done were were things that other people were much more skilled at than we were. You know, we we, we were great at you know sort of handling the tools or you know yeah. things like that because it was it was something where we could. You know, kind of take a step back and say, you, you you do the thing that you are better than me at. You know, we could. Uh... Well, I will say that James did a fantastic job of feeding everyone. <clears throat> it was a well, very important job. Keeping us all alive, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it, it was it was something to enjoy as well. It wasn't just practical. Here oh. it's bread and water. You know, it was tasty stuff. Yeah. But Every shop I walk into now, I try and find those bloody Padron peppers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not found them Great. anywhere. Do you remember I said that they one in good. ten of them are spicy? It's yes. not that one. It's a different Japanese pepper. 
I've, again, really un- irrelevant knowledge, but I thought Padron peppers were the ones that one in ten were spicy. I think it's uh, shishito peppers, maybe. But I think it's that, a... that was what I found as well from yeah. trying to find Padron peppers. That was the the ones that were close, yeah. and there was yeah. It's your two facts about everything. Yeah, I know. That's a... <laughs> my my theory of sounding smart is if if you can say two th- two if you know two facts about everything, then you're covered. Listen to episode I don't know, eight or whatever it was that I was on. Forty four. More detail. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> As you can tell, that's not that's not my fact about Maker's Waffle. So what's your second fact about that fact of knowing two facts make you sound smart? Uh, I I mean off the top of my head, I can't think of one other than it's it's actually uh, well covered in episode forty four of Maker's Waffle, but <laughs> That's only because I've just found out and it doesn't make me sound smart. It just sounds like I've parroted Andy's information back. That's all right. We'll get him to cut that bit out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, on my extensive edit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which stopped, what, 68 episodes ago? Uh, 67, I think. Hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, 67. Yeah. Yeah, it was Kel's episode that made me stop. Poor <laughs> <laughs> sod, we'll give him a complex name. Is it, is it too beeps. early? Is it too early for kind of like a, I don't know, a year, look back at the year, what what are you looking forward to kind of, kind of thing? I feel like the winter is approaching so fast. <laughs> Apparently, it's going to be October soon. <laughs> it is October already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not looking forward to 2022. That's going to be um, yeah. fast-paced. <laughs> Although you never know, there might be a Maker Central that year. It might Very be. True. Very true. Yeah. What would you like? What would you like to see at Maker Central if it happens again? All uh, the people, me turning up, <laughs> people, yeah, That's my, my one. Yeah, you turning up would be a good start, James. Yeah, not not getting unwell beforehand. Yeah, yeah. What would I like? To, uh, I would I would like to see um, a collection of discount XRF guns that people have brought. <laughs> 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 only purchasable by people registered medical professionals. Yeah, yeah. For safety. a huge discounted rate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't the vintage tool shop do that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? There's always about fifteen at Maker Central. Right? <laughs> yeah. Apart from seeing you lot, obviously, I would like to see more diversity. <laughs> I think Eric's just said exactly the same thing. Yes, yeah, I would just catch you up there. Yeah, well said, Eric. I felt yeah. I felt it got better though. Yes, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. feel it got better. Yeah, <clears throat> but more more diversity of making. Everything. I know you can't fit everything into one show, but at least try. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I felt it was plenty of everything. Yeah, it was. 
it's always too much to <clears throat> look at everything anyways right mm -hmm. mm. well to, to look at everything and then remember and take it in and yeah i would love to have a mecca central but outdoors <laughs> yeah well so, that's what i was about to say with like with the the kind of uh comparison to something like mecca for hanover where you had lots and lots of really techy nerdy stuff and then some people hitting stuff and making noise making a mess outside i think that kind of thing would work quite well to have that kind of uh you know segmenting things up a little bit more maybe you know have more of a, a techy nerdy space and more of a woodworking space and the more of a you know kind of resin and pretty things space and you know kind of uh, just mix it all together mix it all up no crystal yeah. makes it aztec yeah. space yeah. <laughs> <laughs> robot wars in the middle yeah oh god oh, oh god no. outside, robot, robot wars outside. in a different room <laughs> In a different country, thank you. Yes. <clears throat> I mean, not not that we like. It's nothing against robot wars themselves. Yep. It's more the normal no. solution. Yeah. No, if if they had yeah. them like on a table with the the covers taken off and you can see inside and talk about how they work and yes, fascinating. Or oh, the antiweight ones. But I just the don't want to be deaf. Oh, yeah. 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 I, th I think that was the key, isn't it? Is you know perhaps live stream them from another hall would work great so that you could, you know, attenuate the noise slightly. Yeah. Albert Hall. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like, uh, I don't know, the whole Maker Central, I don't want to talk about like half a year about what's coming to Maker Central next and what was so great about last Maker Central. I mean, there's so much more going on in the world and in your mm life hopefully than those two days <laughs> yeah. yeah so is there anything exciting you're looking forward to or more travel that you want to talk about <laughs> yeah well i mean it was uh that well that young man down there duncan who kind of gently nudged me into <laughs> getting my ass into gear and getting my passport it was the it was the kick up the ass that I needed to get it done, and that's been a, a, a wonderful, wonderful thing. You know, it's something that um, we've been on some trips and stuff, um, and yeah, I think that that's what I'm hoping for: it's more, more travel, more seeing friends, more getting away from the desk. It's been my life for far too long. Do you have some actual like family holidays planned, maybe? Or... Yeah, I mean, it, it's we still need to get um, their passports sorted and stuff as well. But we've got stuff planned for around the UK and things, and plans to get theirs sorted. Um, yeah, just that kind of more going and doing stuff rather than just not doing that's, that's or being I'm forced talking. to not do. Yeah. 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 That that bit of extra flexibility, I think. Mm. Yes. I'd very much like some more of the same. Mm. And a new job. <laughs> or not a job at all. That would be even better. 
even more flexibility. If that was an option, <laughs> that would be great. A lottery win or a yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, that would that would do something. But yeah. Right. A, a sugar uh, parent. I would, I would be on board with that. Looking forward to a possible career change. Maybe. Mm. Trying. It's harder than it sounds. So, uh, it does sound sounds... very hard, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Especially I, I would... like these, these <clears throat> days where everything has to be safe and secure, right? So you're not giving up your job lightheartedly. Definitely, yeah. Mm, yeah. I'd really, I'd really love to like just turn up tomorrow and go, bye, I'm leaving mm. now. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do something far more fun. But um, yeah, it's not as easy as that, unfortunately. Yeah, I want to travel for work less and travel for work. Uh, travel for me more. Yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah. I've got a, a big long list of projects that I. <laughs> I feel that now I've I finished my masters, is achievable. Because I think <laughs> I, I'm brilliant at creating ideas when I'm procrastinating for something else. So I know yeah. that I need to do big, long projects where I don't really want to finish them because I don't get a huge amount of joy out of finishing projects. I love starting projects. It's so much more fun. And then when something's done, it's it's, it's really underwhelming. I know the, the Fools and Toys tools, uh, boys talked about it. Um, you know, some people are starters. They love that. Some people are finishers. They really enjoy mm -hmm. the satisfaction. I love the buzz of new projects. Mm. And so I'm really looking forward to having done a big, long project, to be doing something a little bit newer and a bit more, ooh, quick project, quick project. You know, yeah. Even if it's some simple things for work, learning some JavaScript maybe to do some automating a couple of the things at work that could be made a little bit better um, through to bigger builds, um, laser cut build, be nice. So yeah, that's my, that's my semi-immediate term, hope. <laughs> Making things, plus fifty other things, but I've already I've already brought out one of my lists. I'm not going to bring out another one on the podcast. <laughs> Finishing uh, one of your lists, uh, uh, that'd be on your list. Uh, it's technically, it's a database, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Bloody hell! What are those XLS files? Uh, it's an Airtable <laughs> for each project. <laughs> Except for the mind, sort of like the brain stuff, that's all I've done on Miro boards. But if anyone really wants wants me to talk about that, then you you probably got bigger problems than I do. As today, you know, the XRF gun to it, the, the project list. Actually, make one. Don't yeah, don't bother trying to buy one. Make one. I mean, I have thought about like fiddling around with X-ray tubes, but I think. Radiation is scary enough. I mean, like some of the lenses I've got are technically they've got thoriated glass in, which is slightly radioactive. Things that I can't see that can do damage to me scare me <laughs> appropriately. Says the man building a massive laser. <laughs> the laser itself is not massive. Just the work area is is massive. Okay. <laughs> and I'm more assembling it. I'm not really building it. This is getting it's back to the idea furniture versus handcrafted. Not like a Lego laser or what? 
Well, I'll, 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 I'll oh, now that be... Oh! So. <laughs> <laughs> there go later. It's a good mm. idea. So what are you looking forward to, Kara? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I don't know, it's a bit of a weird time anyways, right? Mm. So, with the constant news and uncertainty of what's going on, and I mean, I don't want to, like, sugarcoat it by saying, like, oh, yeah, it's all going to be fine, and blah, blah, blah. We're feeling it, and we're feeling the change every day, so mm. it's very hard to... I think no one really knows how to... Uh, handle it properly or how to react to it properly we're all just I don't know trying to live our life to our best ability <laughs> right so uh, that's all you can do really yeah but you I don't know you couldn't still be aware of what's happening and I don't know I I would love to I would love to have a, a warm home. <laughs> <laughs> Not to start with that again. No, but it's it's weird to feel it to that to that extent already, right? So mm. uh I I think we weren't on live when, when we talked about that, but uh I still only have a coal oven at home for heating my apartment and you can't buy coal anywhere in Germany at the moment. <laughs> so because I was busy all summer, I wasn't able to order them like during the summer. And now it's like, okay, I like the basement is empty. I'm not able to get a fire going, which is weird, but I'm kind of used to it as well. So it's okay. Uh, I don't know. I would love to finally go on a long trip abroad like maybe mm. asia or mexico or something to escape the berlin grayness in january february <laughs> if possible because it's difficult for me to work then anyways because of course yeah the workshop is um, fucking cold and i can't heat that as well so I, I either have to last year with that with all the yeah it's it's every year it's, it's and... the same and i i don't even want to talk about it anymore but it's it's a fact and i need to either look for another i could ask like my former employee if they have something for me for a couple of weeks and go work there or maybe movie production also if they have something mm -hmm. but yeah i would love to just go away for I don't know, four weeks, six weeks, something. <laughs> that would be great. That sounds like a, a a good thing to aim for, I think. Yeah. Mm. If it's affordable, I mean, it's everything gets more expensive, right? Mm. So flying so, anywhere is super expensive. Yeah, flights are particularly expensive, isn't it? I mean, certain parts of the world are very cheap to spend time in. Mm. But getting to those parts of the world is expensive. Yeah. Let's see. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How about you, Andy? What are you looking forward to? Uh, I don't know. Make a central. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, some good guests. 
on Maker's Waffle as well? Oh, we've got some good guests. Yeah. What's that right now? now? Yeah. Future good guests, <laughs> not current good guests. <laughs> we've got some good guests lined up uh, for the next. Oh, we've got. Uh, a quick little look. Yeah, I think we're booked up for the next. If you're going down this path, you're going to have to mention names now. No. Yeah. Yes. Clues. The makers. Ah, yeah, makers. <laughs> we've got variety on the future. We've got then. we've got three different nationalities in the next three weeks. There we go. There's a clue. Yeah. So one from Scotland, one from Wales, and one from <laughs> Ireland. Well, we've, or... we've always got one guy no. from Wales on us. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, one, one, one from the UK, one from America, and one from Europe, continental Europe. Ooh. Yeah. Well so dodged, then. Look at that. Yeah. yeah well, you've said <laughs> Europe, so that means that it was specific enough that we could probably have guessed who they were were based on where they live maybe potentially i don't reckon you would i don't agree you have to guess who they are is it the person that was supposed to come on tonight <laughs> well, yeah <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe yeah yeah assuming they're well enough yeah in fairness we did we were kind of lamenting the fact that because obviously we've we've tended to keep it every sort of ten episodes we've had a group chat, so to be able to actually have a group chat and our on our kind of platinum anniversary, platinum anniversary, Thanks with our friends as well. <clears throat> Not white gold. T two groups. I see none. None of you got the reference the first time I made that. So white I'm, white gold anniversary. I, I pointed out. <laughs> Someone in their car gossip. Well done, you. <laughs> <laughs> I like someone in their car. It's like getting out the pitch. pitch. Yeah. <laughs> I just I love the idea that sometimes somewhere in the future someone is in their car and I have made a nice little future reference for them. <laughs> I don't know why it, it, I enjoy it so much. I do. It's a nice it's fantasy those... to have. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. one of those like if they get in touch with you and it's been at least two months since the from today you know do they get a pat on the back or something like that they can have a sticker Why not? <laughs> I haven't done a sticker swap in a while you can have a free sticker and I'll write on the back well done you and a cable wrap yeah you can have a cable wrap <laughs> cable wraps are good a there you go if anyone if anyone got I that reference beforehand I've got um, send me a message on Instagram and you can have a branded molten make cable wrap <laughs> It's so random, it's brilliant. There you go. <laughs> I just love that. that that's such a typical James thing to do as well. It's like I, I would like to get myself one branded cable wrap. <laughs> Sod it, I'll order how many hundred. <laughs> yeah, it's so convenient. I mean, hundreds. can't blame I her. wonder what machine I need to make my own. <laughs> Uh, so it's either. <laughs> you already <laughs> know. Yeah. Well, I've, I. Yeah, one of them is. Surely on you can laser cut Velcro. You can probably, <laughs> but then the uh, so you can heat. You can use heat uh, press for the. Um, so I could do the 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 transfer. But I'd really have wanted to cut them out with a clicker press, and currently the clicker presses that I've seen are too expensive. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, and you'd need to be able to make a die for it. He's got a tick welder. 
Aha. Well, actually, the the thing to make cut out dies. Tyler Bell has one. Uh, he's got the um, anyone who saw his video where he he had a thing where he bent uh, steel for something I can't even remember what he was using it for, but he repurposed it into something else. It's like a little lever-operated thing that pushes two uh, like prongs together, and he used it to and it's meant to curve steel rule. Um, for dies, that's what they they originally designed for. The modern ones are CNC, um, which is of course cheating. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that that's that that's what I'd like to yeah. Sorry, we were asking you you about something, weren't we? Before I I made a future shout out. I died. I've lost track. Yeah, the, the last people, sort of point before that was you. just the new guest or the next next few guests being multi international, multinational, not multi international, multi. multinational. Multi. 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 He's already on tonight. <laughs> well, I hope that we see each other before Maker Central and after Maker Central and not in the context of Maker Central because it's always very stressful. So more of like Kiel camp or Carol mm, yes. camp or multi camp yes. or <laughs> just anyone anyone who fancies getting a kind of smaller or smaller than Maker Central a small group of people together yeah yeah doesn't have to be a big thing this seems to be a recurring theme on the show we've had this discussion weeks ago with <laughs> with Dan Dandles. Mm. Which was rather extensive, actually. To just do it. Yeah. Well, my garden is always open for you guys. There's plenty of space. Lovely. Wait for the spring. (laughs) 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 That would be the better choice. We can can make a big fire there. Actually, I, I, I. I think I may possibly have found a place that might be suitable, but I need to contact them. My youngest is in Explorer Scouts, and last week we had a message saying that next, no, not next week, week after next, um, they've got a climbing event going on at a centre just to the north of Maidstone, so very close to the M20. Um, which was like, okay, she's not going just because of the particular day that it's on and it's, it's not a day that is going to be, um, possible for her to go. And I was looking at, but I kind of, when this sort of email arrived, it was like, okay, it's such and such a place. I was like, I don't know when this such and such a place is, but I looked it up and it's, it's predominantly a, a scout place and they have things they have facilities for activities such as indoor climbing and other things but they also do events so they have things like they've got a a, essentially a converted barn stone floor with room for 200 people sat down they have outdoor spaces yeah but andy Um, i think the the main issue is that not like finding a place yeah. where you can hold held it, but actually organizing it. Mm. Yeah. 
It's like the path. ongoing discussion. Like, I think well, we're just it, going it in is. a circle. Yes. Someone needs to yeah. take it into their hands and just say, okay, we're doing this here and take responsibility yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. That's local and has the time to do it. <laughs> yeah. That's a so. difficult bit. Yeah. Yeah, someone who's got access to cash and not got a full-time job and a family. Yeah, Yeah, or just why we don't need to do an event with two hundred people. Like, Mm. it's just for the for our friend group. Then, like a private thing could be could work out as well. (laughs) I think it's easy for us, though, isn't it, to kind of feature creep it into. Oh, and then we could get a sponsor, and then we could do this, and we could make Mm. it three days, four days. You just need it. Yeah, it's just nice. It doesn't even have to be an event as such. Just nice be yeah. nice to meet up with everyone. Or even not even everyone, just a few people. Food fire we friends. Another, we need another <laughs> wedding. That would be nice. Yeah. Oh. I've done my one. Someone else. <laughs> <laughs> it was Someone a good one. It was good. Yeah, it was and good. Rasmus dressed up in his, his fancy clothes, as did a few other people. Not well, quite so... as fancy as Rasmus's clothes, but mm. very dapper. Yeah. Well, the, the, I can't remember his name. But the, the gentleman in the kilt was pretty. That was. I was just racking my brain for his yeah, name as well. Sam. Pretty close. Sam, that was it. Sam, Sam, yeah. Who I saw today. Mm. Yeah. It's I cool. have friends on the border of the maker community, not just within it. <laughs> I... And have you sought commission for this? He has one of my chop saws, so yeah, he's technically, oh, technically he's a maker. Then he yeah. also actually he came to the first Maker Central as well. And there's a he picture wasn't freaked me. out by us, so that that no, goes to prove that he is a maker. There's a picture of uh, me, him, Caro, and Jacko all together. Yeah, I did remember him. Yeah. For all those people who are saying, "Oh, I can't, I can't come to an event because I'm, I'm not a maker and I won't know anyone," be more like Sam. Turn up anywhere. Yeah. Wear a kilt. You turn are a maker. Up. Wear a kilt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you want. Kilt's optional. Yeah. It's not going to be on the back of the t-shirt from before. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think that's a new t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Must get. I, I do have someone. I had to have a list of possible T-shirt things based on phrases. Must try and find it. That's See. close to two hundred T-shirts by now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I've only got eight on my list. I'm looking at now. <laughs> <laughs> is that just for this episode so far, though? No, no. This is this is things before I made my T-shirts. One of them was number four: Pantone chairs. Number eight, win. <laughs> I thought that was a bit niche. Uh, I quite like the idea of, um, like, on old tool, on old like um, military uh, navigation equipment, they put handle like eggs, rather than saying fragile. And mm. I thought, oh, that's quite a nice phrase. So I thought, oh, handle like eggs. <laughs> if anyone that's wants quite to nice. have them, have them. <laughs> I wanted to have a sticker that just say "Let's wing it" and then have a picture of the wing nut. Yeah, 
coming back. Would you make it? Nuts? Would you make it to scale for M12 and then scale the rest of the sticker off that wing nut? Hmm. Or would you get the sticker at a set size and then scale the wing nut to, to suit on the sticker? I haven't thought that far. While adding to list. Although um, currently it says Caro let's wang it because I, can't, I wasn't it. typing. Well, I put an extra O in it because I wasn't really looking and I was just typing. <laughs> let's wang it. Oh, maybe we need to start a competition like Brett and Laura had a few years ago where they were kind of, sort of trying to come up with different quicker stickers. Sti quicker sticker. That was challenge. it. Yeah. That was it, yes. Oh, good challenge, that. Hmm. We, even, we can use AI art and pretend we did it ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, let's go to Fiverr and see if we can find some um, prompt writers for Fiverr. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just wondering. Yeah, to find a, some some transcription software. Take each episode, make us waffle, get it transcribed, and then substitute that into the AI and see what that oh. comes up with. Oh God. Like a four-hour prompt. <laughs> Why do I have a picture of like a spaghetti bolognese in my head when I think of that? Just total chaos. Yeah, pretty much. We haven't talked about food this episode. Let's talk about food. I like mm -hmm. food. Yeah. Although we did that, talk about meringue. So, I was going to say, I did mention meringues. And nuts. Yeah. yeah. And nuts. Yes, we did. Yeah. Yeah. So. Did talk about we've, okay. we've almost yeah. got the makings of a dessert. Start <laughs> <laughs> on your list, James. Uh, foods. Now, I don't have a, I don't have a set, <laughs> like, specific list. I was just looking through that. I did think of making molten make beer mats. That's on my prints list. Not as in artists formerly known as, as in things I'll do in a printer. <laughs> oh, I, I, things that become kings yeah <laughs> now i have a prints list that is separate from my t-shirt printing list is it full of fresh ideas yeah <laughs> will smith t-shirt <laughs> you know <laughs> lists are like just somewhere to shove your brain's output so that at some point we're doing this like god making my own beer mats would be a relevant molten make thing to do you oh, think it would be a very early thing to do yeah. towels as well like bar towels yeah yeah so take your t-shirt ideas scrub the t-shirt off and put it on bar towels that would be quite cool so i saw the brain going then i just i saw it well the thing is i'm now gonna have to buy a rug gun <laughs> I, can I, get one. Stitched. I have one i have one or an, an embroidery machine I can make you a prototype. <laughs> oh, I've got an embroidery machine. It's that's, that's too detailed. I want it to be really rubbish. Like super <laughs> fluffy bar mat. Like. Send, send me over the design. I can make you one. Like you wash it and it will always be sticky. <laughs> yeah. that, that kind of fluffy. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag yeah. no context. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, Oh my word! Should we talk about attention grabbing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
James, what's been grabbing your attention lately? Uh, so in the grand preparation of previous episodes, I have three again. I've tried ah. to split them up because I can't, I can't just do one. And I didn't know who else who would have thought of one. Uh, so do you, do you guys want me, shall I do one and then we'll see? I'll just I, I, the, I haven't prepared time and... anything. So. Yeah. Spit them all out. Oh, okay. Okay, you can so, just do it uh, for all three of us. Yeah, I'll <laughs> yeah, take okay. one. Uh, so uh, Duncan's one is GX Ace. Uh, he's on mm -hmm. YouTube as GX Ace. Have you seen his stuff, Duncan? Of course you oh, have. Oh, yeah. That's your of course recommendation. I have. Otherwise, it wouldn't be my um, attention grabber. Your, your uh, spiff grabber. Uh, so <laughs> GX Ace, as I remember you told me, is a camera <laughs> channel. But yes, I love cameras. Reason, but it's more an inspiration. So every episode is more like a short film. So he's got like a, um, like well, one thing is like a persistence of vision screen that he does his Patreon read on. And it's really cool. It says like in the year 2050 something, GXACE needs your support. Um, so it's a really novel way of making your advert interesting, particularly for new people. Um, and he's got, he's built a set where he's got this like hive mind headset and he talks about things. So rather than just being, Hey, I've bought a new camera. Look how good the camera is. I can use it to take the same photos as every other camera. There's a real story behind everything, and I think it's a good like gear review inspiration for some of the things that we might find a bit boring. Like if people did tool reviews in that style, I'd be watching them every day. Uh, so GX Ace, uh, Maker One Shed Racing, kind of Maker Racing. I yeah. So hmm. Shed Racing, they are pretty much exactly as you'd expect it's kind of not wishing to characterize them too much but kind of like old boy in his shed racing uh and they've got a a not like ed china style motorized shed no not quite right. so these are i think it's so it's um you know boiler suit wearing man in the shed but uh they've got an old um like aer old airplane engine like a six liter straight six engine um mm. car they, they've got a couple of other things nice. like this popped up and i thought okay you know like i keep getting recommended this thing let's just see and it was really interesting just to see how it's a very old thing but actually they've obviously got someone who's into filming they've got a couple of different cameras but it's not a production level thing it's just very convenient that they've got a really old-fashioned car and someone who quite likes filming that's created this like channel around an old man in a shed. Well, he's not that old, but older, boiler-suited person in their shed. Uh, so that's my kind of maker one. Uh, and then for learning, um, Cleo Abram. So she was on Vox. Uh, so she is uh, just the, the channel's called Cleo Abram. But her concept is, um, I think it's called Huge If True. So you might have seen like the the thing that just says huge asterisk if true, and she mm -hmm. does Vox, so Vox Media that did like uh, the five most important photographs in history, but a really nicely produced video documentary short. So she was in that world. Um, Cleo Abram again, for anyone's uh, writing this down, uh, she left Vox and in January of this year started her own channel, and the last one I saw was to do with AI art and how it's not taking jobs from artists and so she got her friend who's a a digital artist uh 
to use it and she used it and it showed that knowledge of art and different styles makes a huge difference to the output you get but she makes really well crafted mm -hmm. video documentary shorts and she's i think independent so you know you, you might think oh another vox another this person there's been a few different kind of spin out people from that world but she's put together maybe 15 really beautiful videos that are worth a watch nice there you go cool. that was Kara's one that last one i do have something <laughs> oh you do okay <laughs> yes i do have something um which is not out yet so might be a bit of a long stretch but maybe you can write the date down because it's going to be a movie on netflix which Ooh. is coming out on october 28th and it's actually the candidate for the German like Oscar nomination thingy. So the Academy Awards, like international best movie, yada yada. That is supposed to be um, on, on the shortlist, but um, it's all quiet on the Western Front, which is by, uh, when is it from 1930? something i think from the book from uh erich remark and it has been adapted a couple of times but i don't think ever from a german perspective right so mm. there has there have been like i think in the 70s or something there has been a movie made but i, I can't oh. remember if it was american or it, it was not not a german uh, version of that movie and so I've seen it uh, just this week because there was a German premiere and it's been in cinemas like in selected cinemas as well and it is quite depressing but it is very 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 good it is beautiful pictures like you kind of see over the <laughs> brutality of the whole story because the whole filmography is just stunning and all mm. the pictures are just so 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 fucking beautiful <laughs> just of the landscape and the whole like toned down and they're basically it, the whole thing plays two and a half hours in the mud so i don't even want to know what kind of production went into, into that mm. i know that they had 51 days of filming <laughs> which is a fucking lot like usually mm. you have for a two-hour movie you have like 40 days and all this in very cold weather with a lot of mud like all the soldiers in uniform all the makeup and everything it's just the amount of work that was put into this movie is incredible and um I think it's remarkable because it's from a very unheroic point of view, because mm. as we all know, like Germany lost. And um, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's, there's no sugarcoating in any way. It could have been done a bit more brutal, if I'm perfectly honest, but they wanted to keep it like uh, 16 plus so mm. more people can see it. And uh, yeah, it's I don't I, I don't really know what to say about it. Anything then it's it's a very very good movie. 
it might be very, a daft question, very... but I'm assuming it's is it going to be is there going to be a like a dubbed version or is it is it done in English or I'm guessing I not. would assume it's a dubbed version. Yes, hmm. I don't know if uh, I don't think that Netflix does like English. No sub version, not dubbed version. I don't think they will hmm. synchronize it in English. Cool. But, yeah. Interesting to see the, the perspective of it. It is. And I mean, it, for me, it was a bit difficult because I, of course, I was just stunned by the whole. Uh, you don't say photography yourself, see, so you say filmography or camera work. Cinematography. Or Cinematography, mm -hmm. right? Sorry, it's so fucking weird here. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was so stunned by all of this that it was kind of hard for me to get into the mood, if you want to say mm. it like that. But um, I think if you are in the right, you shouldn't be too too sad before you start watching. <laughs> Maybe be in it. Maybe be in a good mood before you start watching it, and then downhill from feel there. Slightly depressed after it, but <laughs> I think it's, yeah, it's it's very good, and they have a lot of like very good German actors as well for this. I take it the half isn't in it. What? I take it Ger David ha David Hassel. <laughs> yeah, David Hasselhoff isn't in it then. He's not German. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking it's called, about. It's called All Quiet on the Western Front, and it's out on 28th of October, you said? Yes. On Netflix? Yes. But in Germany. So if you mm. don't have German Netflix already, that's where the sponsor of this week's episode, NordVPN. No, no, no. It's, it's out. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big wind-up. I think it's out internationally <laughs> on Netflix. <laughs> Not not just in Germany. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't matter where your VPN needs to connect to. Yeah. But if it does, make sure it's Nord VPN. <laughs> Fucking hell. But can we still play Raid Shadow Legends through our Nord VPN connection? <laughs> it's such a serious topic. <laughs> I can't I can't be serious for any great length of time. And it does okay. look like a very good. It does look like a very good film. From it is a very good film, and it is. It's hard to say, but it is entertaining as well. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch it with a kind of a mental distance, because it's, as I said, with everything going on at the moment, it might be a bit hard to watch. But well, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it purely from that kind of completely different aspect of seeing that because. Obviously, growing up, you know, we we sort of hear about what went on, but from from our side of stuff. Yeah, and that's that's what I mean because usually, if you have these kind of war films, it's always like the the winner side. So you have the heroes yeah, exactly, and yeah. celebrating and stuff like that. And in the end, you know that spoiler alert: everyone will be dead. Right? So... Yeah. 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 Makes sense. Duncan, <laughs> pull, Hi. Pull, pull us out of this. 
Yes, we make some happy ending, please. You thought of something? I'm so sorry. What's been grabbing my attention? Um, I, I haven't really particularly got a, a YouTube or an Instagram. I can pick anything, right? Mm. It, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't um, have to be well, YouTube or Instagram. Yeah. What really has been grabbing my attention is flaming web development. Because um, <laughs> I've been down this rabbit hole of um, creative coding and um, generating art um with code and um yeah i just I, I can't get my head out of it at the minute and um it's lots to get into i lots of wins lots of frustrations but yeah coding is um something i enjoy i i probably recommend everyone do a little bit of something mm. logic programming excel formulas some kind of something to sort of you know oh we've lost the carry um <laughs> gone to do some programming <laughs> <laughs> um wasn't wasn't an immediate recommendation <laughs> but yeah that that's what's been occupying my mind recently and um yeah trying to turn creative coding into an actual physical product of of some kind or another. Sorry, I just heard formulas and my, my computer went <laughs> shut it down. Two Excel spreadsheets have been there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I'd recommend anyone try a little bit of code or automating mm. something boring mm. or yeah, just just have a go at something, a bit of Python or yeah. Weirdly enough, Raspberry make... Pi stuff or yeah, make Arduino's. Hmm. Make dot com, as I found out, I someone now owns Make dot com, um, and it's a like a visual coding thing, so you can get services to interact with each other if they've got uh, like APIs or ways for oh. things to connect. To yeah, like um. There's yeah, loads of them now. Like IFTTT is is a yeah. well known mm. one. That's a good one yeah. um, that Node Red was that one we were looking at the other day. Yeah, Node Red's another one. Um, but yeah, so that's Z as well, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm? There's one beginning with Z. I can't remember what it's called. Zapier. Yeah. That, Zapier. That might be it. Yeah. 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 Basically, nerdy interconnect something. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Stuff to other stuff. Yeah. Again, it's a bit like you don't you don't necessarily need to learn a code language, but you might just want to connect two different things together, and these these kind of things will do that for you with simple like line arrow things. And yes, if you can, if you can figure out the Yeah, exactly. If you can figure out the process, it'll do the code for you. Yeah. yeah. Low code or no code, I think, is a really big upcoming trend. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, good shot on that. Mm. And you've been playing with lasers too. And I've been playing with lasers too. Yeah, so I um I dunked my laser. <laughs> you did. You very <laughs> did. Yeah. So I I had this very very cheap um, laser cutter that I got from an auction. Um, 
a local auction. You, you Nobody James knew what that. it was. <laughs> yeah, James that bit. Yeah. <laughs> local auction. It was listed as a 3D printer. Oh, even better. Mislisted item. <laughs> and I don't think anyone there knew what it That's was. A t-shirt. Mislisted yeah. item. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a um, smash? Mislisted item. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's what I'm going as Halloween. Screw sexy cat. <laughs> I do feel lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yes. Make a sense costume. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, what's been grabbing your attention? <laughs> With laughing. Your yeah, laughing. Um, we we went to uh, the uh, Northampton Royal and Derngate um, last night to watch Dave Gorman, who is probably one of my favourite comedians. He's, he's a proper nerd. He was talking about how um, things like over lockdown, because he, he likes a cryptic crossword. That's the kind of nerd he is. And um, over lockdown, when he couldn't go and perform shows, he ended up becoming a professional cryptic crossword setter and then managed to get himself a nemesis through reviews of cryptic crosswords. Super, super niche nerd humor. Um, But he's just such a funny guy. Um, So, yeah, it was was two hours of, of proper belly laughs. So yeah, that's that's very much what's been grabbing my attention the most. Cool. How about you, Andy? Uh what's been grabbing my attention? Well, I had a delivery of a new tool this week, which is a heavy duty guillotine, so I can cut paper and card. Book binding. A lot easier. What was that, James? Binding some books. Uh, so I can do some binding of some books. Yeah. yeah. So I can actually trim the card without having to kind of lean over and repeatedly slice with an exacto knife. I can actually just stick the card in and cut it. In Other brands are available. Other yeah. Brands are available. Yes. <laughs> they were last again one of our sponsors this week. Exacto knives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wish. <laughs> yeah. So I picked up. I picked up a um, a dal dali uh, guillotine. D H L E. Um, oh, D-A-L-L-E. No, not, not Dali, the sort of thing here. German, German engineering. Um, nice little bargain off Amazon warehouse. Saved £130 because they had a bit of a, the, the grips on the handle have broken off. So a couple of rubber bands have done the job so I can get round to gluing them. Um, so, yeah, so I'm quite happy with that. I haven't used it properly yet, but I've, I've, you know, I've done some test cuts. And it's, it's You've still got all your nice. fingers and things. Yeah, fingers don't fit under the guard, unfortunately. Um, fortunately, uh, so yeah, yeah so it's, uh, <laughs> that's good. And I've also, yeah, I I have I finished my daily drawing. I stopped mm. for two years. I did two years wow. to the date. Well, I was going to do October, um, but I figured I looked at the prompts and thought none of these jump at me and. I'm tired of it now. So Mm. daily drawing for two years and three days, I think it was actually, but 
That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Switch to a more complex <laughs> weekly one. Or? I don't know. I'm, I'm taking a break for a I'll few pencils days. pencils next. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to. There's a oh, book okay. I found a few a while ago called uh, "Drawing for the Utter Beginner," which sort of takes you through kind of sort of sketching, proper sketching, kind of from stuff from scratch. So I might get a copy of that and just just do sketching rather than trying to do one line stuff. Uh, digital drawing. Yeah. Mix uh, it up to a bit of yeah, something different yeah, every month. A, yeah, I've got a week on tablet, so yeah, I could do that. But yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take a break from that. Just just gonna relax from that for a a, a bit. Um, yeah, and I, I think I might try and just divert my that attention that I was kind of putting into that. I'm just going to try and put that into something else, but I'm not sure what yet. So it might be the coding. I mean, as, as Jamie and Duncan know, I've been kind of sort of teaching on the edge of doing some coding. I've got some books. So maybe it's just a case of, right, I'm going to take that daily drawing time and it's going to be daily coding time. So, but could you we'll draw see. this with code? Yeah. Yeah, I could. Yeah. Very true. Next year, maybe. But um, I promise. yeah. So, so that's yeah, that's me. Yeah, there's a good, um, like little tutorial on how to draw and <laughs> draw an owl as well. If you, <laughs> yes, yes, there is. <laughs> if, if anyone wants to get into drawing, just just uh, you can google it. It's called How to Draw an Owl, it's pretty simple, actually. Yeah, it's only uh, uh was it three mm, steps? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, pretty easy. Just a um, little treat, especially for people to look up afterwards. <laughs> Uh, but, I'm going to look Andy, it up now. Now, now um, <laughs> as its entire uh, own subreddit, you can you can um, you can post a picture of your guillotine on the uh, Maker's Waffle Instagram. Yes, thing, I probably should. I, yes, I would, I would like to see what it looks yeah. like. Yes, maybe I shall. Yes, yeah. oh, maybe extra special multi-angle photos for the yeah. Patreon. Or maybe I'll, I was going to say, maybe I'll just see it on the pa Patreon. So, yeah, just the patrons can see Ooh, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a tease. <laughs> I've been binging the whole season of uh, The Empress. And if you say a guillotine, I have something else in mind. So. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say you've been binging, <laughs> binging the whole Maker's Waffle Instagram page. <laughs> <laughs> but is there is there any? <laughs> no. We're trying to keep pace with the Fools uh, Tools Instagram, so we're yeah. not rushing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think my guillotine is sharp enough, but I don't think you'd have to have a very small neck to or head to <laughs> to, to be subjected to any guillotine for from ants. It. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I think yeah. Andy's probably, not going to get that reference. No, I probably, probably get some good. This you could probably fit certain body parts into it. Have the Nosferatu spiders yet reached the UK border? Why did you need to ask me that before I go to sleep? Yeah. <laughs> you say that till the morning. We, we've had some particularly fun and interesting spiders, but um. Not the Nosferatu one. Okay. I was going to say, I've never even heard of it. 
Uh, well, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say on that note. Perhaps we should all go and hit Google. Apart from Karen, who's yeah. probably used to go and hit, get to bed. Yeah, yeah we'll folks, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute delight to spend fun. some time with you guys. Yes, yeah, so people didn't work it out earlier. Yes, we we were due to have a different guest today, um, but that guest was had to withdraw uh, through illness. Um, and these three boldly Lovely. stepped into the into the the gap and given us a great group Mind chat for our seventieth seventieth episode. In fairness, what we've basically done is uh, had a couple of hours chatting with our friends. I've put accidentally hit report record at the start. <laughs> report. <Freudian statement. laughs> report. Oh, record. Yeah. I supposed to record it. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> right, can we just go back to start again? <laughs> yeah. Wait, Carol, we, about we, twenty minutes. <laughs> we wish whoever it is in the UK, US or highly specific European country all the best for getting better, whoever they are. Yes, indeed. Switzerland? Yes. Yes. I know who it is, Jenny Swiss. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. no, no, it's not right. On that note, I think everyone knows where to find you. They can always go back and look at your specific episodes 44 for James, 13 for Caro, and 4 for Duncan. Um, sounds about right. I find and if not, just go that. to this the part of the episode where we all or you all described each other. Um, yeah. Where you can be found. Good luck finding it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go back towards your behind. There's no bookmarks here. <laughs> yeah. no nope. <laughs> uh, on that note, goodbye, folks, and we'll see Good you next night. week. Bye. Bye. Very fools with toolsy goodbye, then.